The portal is open, and it's time to open your mind with Finding the Flow with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is my brother James. He is uh, a beer connoisseur, a lover of progressive rock, and uh, my closest in age brother. You have a lot to say there. Okay, so onward. Um, so how y'all out there? I have a lot to say today. Mm, big surprise, huh? Well, let's start. So, um, my last podcast, just talked a little bit about it. Um, it was, uh, I liked it. I liked it. It was a nice, heavy podcast. I think um, I really described where I was at at the moment. While also, I, you know, kept kept to pretty much, you know, up up to up with everyone and and replying and everything. But I also had plenty of dark places that I, I explored. And, and I like that I can go to places like that and I can feel comfortable. Um, so it's kind of funny. Like you would, I, I guess maybe maybe you would think that maybe I I, uh, I started that podcast after I I'd, I'd heard Dan's, but I I didn't. I actually heard Dan's uh, a few days later, and um, I it was funny. I, I just wanted to talk to my 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 initial reaction of Dan's podcast. Now, um. Just let let's just get out of the bag really quick. Is that I I um totally loved his podcast. I I uh I thought it was great. I've listened to it like three three times maybe now, and uh, and I, I realized that my initial reaction was totally stupid. And uh, what my initial reaction was was that basically the one thing that was said that 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 got me, and I and I didn't even think about it was that. Obviously, I'm asking you for your time to listen to this, right? And we're all friends here, so obviously we will feel kind of obligated to do that. And I think Dan kind of said it in passing. He, I don't, I don't even think he was directing at me, but of course, me being me, thought that I didn't think it was directed at me, but I thought of it through me, and I thought, shit, that's right. And I'm putting out like twice the amount. Plus, I'm, I'm. I'm making them long, you know, and 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 so like that's a lot to ask for pe- out of out of someone, you know. That's hours a week. <laughs> I mean, who? So, I mean, it'd be hard enough to get someone to listen to one song you made, you know, let alone hours of material. But yet, um, as I I listen uh, to it, to it a few more times, I'm, I'm I'm I've listened and I realize. It, I mean, Dan's not thinking about me at all, and actually, he's quite um uh quite nice and 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 going to quite extended detail uh and showing how much he really had listened a lot to my podcast and i i um i uh i was just i don't know i was really impressed i mean dan dan really brings brings forward a lot of stuff and i got a lot of stuff to to reply to um and so so just just so you know like like it was fun like it was nothing that like like I had no feeling like Dan felt negative or anything. I just f- f- realized something myself when I heard him, and I was like, "Duh, you know, I I'm asking a lot." And so I thought about this, and I've I've created a format. Okay, um, I kind of call it 
the podcast for thee and then the podcast for me. Um, there's part of this podcast that's going to be kind of this this what's been going on this this uh, um, culmination of all all four of us our podcasts all together. Um, Scott, Dan, Chris, Chris, and I all together making our podcasts and replying to each other and growing together. Um, there's that element, and that that element I will be like kind of keeping towards the beginning, okay, of my podcast. And then when it gets out to more like the me places, that's going to be more towards the end, and that's going to be the places where I love the experience. I'm putting it out there, but I don't expect anyone to listen. I mean, I only expect someone to listen if they really want to. If they, I mean, I, what I'm, what I really, I the way that I'm picking my guests, I'm really trying to kind of grow, grow um, people that to listen to it, you know, by my guests. And so maybe that's where I, where the me part is kind of trying to expand to other places besides the four people, because basically, it, this beginning part of the podcast are going to get to the point where anyone jumping in on them are not going to have any clue what's going on unless they started from the beginning and they and they knew all four of us you know because there's going to be a lot of stuff we're replying to like i don't know what the fuck they're talking about um so so i might even suggest that some people just listen to the latter half if, if depending and some people might want to listen to the beginning half I and mean, we'd skip around do whatever you want uh but i'm gonna try try to keep the format like this um so it's going to start off with replies. Then I'm going to talk to everybody. So replies to Dan, Chris, and and, and Scott. And then then um, talk to I'm going to talk to everyone in the podcast. And then I'm going to talk about my things. And then and then I'm going to talk about what I'm going to do with the guest. And then I'm going to talk. I'm going to have my interview. And I think that's gonna that's going to be a slow progression from the meaning our little group to me. And so, so this is this is the first time that I'm going to be doing it this way, and I, I think it'll be nice. I think it, it, it and it, I hopefully, I mean, I know Dan's not wasn't directing that at me or anything, but hopefully this will help in in keeping this both um, this cool little thing that we got going on here, while it's also giving it something that I can I can expand and make my own. So. Uh, also, I, I wrote down a note that said uh, there's there's kind of a a, um, a a fine line between raw and ridiculous, and sometimes I got to know you know I mean sometimes you don't you don't need to know everything I'm thinking, but then again if I'm I go there I go there, but I, I also know that you know I mean if you find no relation to what I'm talking about, uh, not a problem. <laughs> you know it's kind of funny I I uh, I. I, it's so hard to know what what you're relating to and what you're not to, if I have you hooked or not. I mean, I like to think that I'm talking to an audience right now, but then again, I uh, I could be just in my own little place that no one really is with. No one has, has gone to the same place that I have right now, and, and they're lost, and they just want to get forward to somewhere where they can catch up, or they uh, lost all interest, and I keep going down this rabbit hole, and then they'll never catch up. I don't know. What do you think? Can't tell me right now, so I'm just going to have to move on. So onward. 
Uh, I've, I, I've been taking notes on the podcast because there's no other way I can do it. Uh, I gotta take notes. It's um, the only way that I can remember any of the, the stuff you're talking about. I, I love your podcast. I love Dan's. I love Chris's. I love Scott's. They're all so fun. They're all so unique. I love, oh man, it's so fun. Um, that's, that's the other thing that, that, that I, I think part of the reason that I was so excited was because it's so fun for me to listen to them that I thought, well, okay. So the more I put out, the more fun people will have, but no, not necessarily. Uh, and so, so I, I got to remember that and I don't want to take advantage of any of you guys. So just remember that. Um, so, so I've been taking down notes and, uh, I found that, um, very easy to write down a note and then uh, check it out uh, an hour later or, or a, a day later and not know what the fuck you were writing about. And so I'm, I'm starting to get pretty good at um, ba- writing better notes. You got to write down notes that think about your mind, what you're going to be like in, an, in, in a day, and then think, okay, if I read this, am I going to have any clue what this is? And then and then there's part of me that thinks like, you know, right there and then and there, well, of course I'm going to know. If I see those three words, I'm going to know. But really, no, you're not going to remember. You're going to see something that says, uh, um, like, for instance, you're going to see something that says uh, uh, anti-drug. You know, that's all it says. I, I actually have that written out. And uh, you're going to have no idea. Okay, so you, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways. So onward, replying to Scott. Scott, um, Hadouken. I forgot about that. I, I keep wanting to, to mention this, and I, I keep forgetting. And I made a, 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 a note, a good note this time. Uh, Hadouken. Okay, that's the sound that they make in Street Fighter, uh, and it's when they do a move. I, I can't remember if it's for that the ball, the big power ball they make, or if it's for. The kick, the spin kick that they do. I can't remember. But either way, I have my own theory about the pronunciation of that uh, that thing that they say. And uh, I want to know if uh, maybe, maybe there there is no right answer or maybe you guys had a confirmed answer there. But I think it was Ryuken. You know, because there's only two characters that made that noise and it was Ryu and Ken. Ryu being, I think it was like the main character. Ryu was uh, the dark hair one with the bandana, uh, whatever, uh, and and the uh, Ken was the blonde one, and they both pretty much had the same moves. I don't even remember. I mean, there must have been some story about it, but I mean, I thought it was kind of stupid. Two guys had the same moves, and they both went Ryu Ken, and I thought that's their two names, Ryu and Ken. Ryu Ken, right? Maybe that's what they're saying. Ryu Ken. I, I, I mean, I remember that from forever ago, and I had that theory from forever ago. Uh, but you probably are right. It's Hadouken or whatever or whatever they're saying. Uh, let me know about that. All right. Uh, no time definitely focuses. Yes. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, I have all this pent-up energy of creativity and everything, and it's because I have a, a job that a lot of it is um, leaves me free to, to, to think a lot. Uh Though I don't know, I th- I think I could do any job, and I would I would be thinking a lot. But uh, this in particular, I can think a lot. I can listen to podcasts for a long time, and I can ch- churn all this stuff up. But then, ironically, I won't have much time for for much anything else. But podcast seems to be the one thing that I have time for because I uh, I have yeah I have all the I have all the time in the world at the farm. So so if I like it seems like I've spent way too much time on this. 
just just so you know, it's almost like it's my job. It's like I can spend twelve hours a day working on this in my, in my head and and then writing down notes. I just write down notes on my cell phone while I'm while I'm working, and uh, it's it, it's fun. It's it's inspiring. Uh, and I think about this throughout the day. So yeah, no time definitely focuses like like yeah. I basically have these little opportunities to to have my fun here, and the kind of creativity that I'm having right now is is wonderful, wonderfully inspiring. And so it's so worth uh, uh, focusing focusing that that little time I have on on this. Um, then uh, that that. That's it for Scott. Um, loved your podcast. I, I love their short and sweet. Something that maybe I need to take take a little little hint with, or maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe wherever this this is going, it's going. And uh, uh, but but yeah, Scott, I lo- love his positivity. Uh, he's obviously loving listening to him as well. Um, yeah, keep keep it up, Scott. It's awesome. Um, Chris, listen to the cousin thing again. Oh, so good. So good, Chris. And you got like the little voice thing that, that put down your voice just a hair. Probably put down your voice maybe, maybe um, I don't know, probably uh, a, a whole step, a couple whole steps down. And it was uh, just enough to make it uh, classic, classic. Well done, Chris. M- worth mentioning second time. Okay, now, deep breath. I'm going to try to attack or, or tackle everything that uh dan brought up so napster the napster concept the 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 for free thing the for free with from people sharing from people that you don't know okay so so it's not sharing from like your friend it's like which is i think generally accepted as 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 fine it's it's sharing from anyone in the world so it's basically just a free way a, a free portal to get um illegal stuff or to, to get something for free. It's a, it's a portal to get something for free without, yeah, so that's brass tacks of what it is. So, yeah, I said I didn't have an opinion. I kind of mentioned it kind of freewheeling, you know, without really thinking of the consequences. I think maybe I have to be a little careful what I talk about. But I do kind of have an opinion about it. Um, there's, there's a time and a place. I think the internet has been um kind of slowly going towards the free i think i think internet generally there's this attitude where most things should be free and and also i think it may maybe it's kind of related to the the attitude like like tv most people think tv is for free you know and, and in a way it is but then again you also have the commercials and the commercials are the important reason why they are for free because there's always got to be money made somewhere, and uh, and so really, my my opinion is kind of like this. I uh, I'm not saying it's 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 not flawless opinion, but there is there is some val- validity to it. I like I don't like taking too much chances um, with with new music and everything, and also there. Uh, 
so so he talked about uh, Spotify. Spotify, you can you can um, basically listen to, to whole albums. You know, it's like it's kind of like a Netflix deal. You you pay a certain amount a month, and then you can. But but not everybody has a smartphone. It's not everybody has the connection to the internet all over the place. Um, and uh, I happen to be one of them. I have a shitty internet connection. I'd probably be all over Spotify if I had a nice nice internet connection, but I don't, and I don't have a nice phone. So. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's probably our options out there. I've been kind. I. I. I mean, there's also a little part of it. It's just like you know, you kind of have to be on your game to to know things on the internet. But but anyways, I. I feel like it's a way to taste your the fruit, you know, before you, before or or, or like not, not necessarily you pay for the 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 fruit that you buy. Yes, you 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 buy an apple, and then you eat it. But if that apple's rotten, you have the ability to take it back to the, the to the person at the grocery store or, or at the flea market, and you say, "This is rotten. I, I I want a new one, or I want my money back," right? And you don't really have that option with with entertainment too much. Um, but yet, also, there's this game. Like if they show you the entertainment, that I mean, that's worth something. Uh, but so so basically, I've had times where I've bought things where I didn't like it and I've had thing times when I bought things where I did like it a lot and there's some 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 uh bands that I'll buy anything from them and I'll know I'll like it like um like Beck's one of my favorites uh uh but y- you know what I mean and then and then there's some that I liked a song that they did I liked uh uh maybe an album that they did but I'm still not quite like sure about them, and I still kind of want to experiment. and And I'm I'm an album guy. I want a whole album, and I want to listen to it from beginning to end. And if and if they have a good album, then they're they're, you know, that's that's a plus. And then and then you know, and then it builds, and it and it takes time to to get to a place. But that that is the sort of thing that artists are really looking for. I mean, they're probably not looking for every little purchase. I mean, in the sense, maybe there's some way they can find out illegal downloads as a way of kind of finding a vote for it. But I mean, like there's a, there's a line where what you're making, um, you'd be more than happy for someone to even listen to it. Right. Kind of like where our podcast is right now. And that should be for free because, it's valuable to you for people to listen to your stuff, especially if it's good, then they'll want to listen more. And then maybe later you can charge them. Um, and, and then, uh, and then there gets to the point where, where you get to be so good or, or, um, have, have such a, you know, a professional thing together that it would, um, it would be wrong not to pay for it. And, it is a fine line and it is very complicated and I do have opinions and I don't feel too bad about it. I think a lot of the, the money is made in tours. Not much money is made in the disc sales. It's really disc sales, uh, disc sales or MP3 sales. They're kind of like, um, it's almost like a form of advertising, but I mean, I, I, at least that's what I think. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, uh, record sales are, are definitely important. But I think the tours, the the all the the stuff that around that you can buy around a band, I mean that sort of stuff is is also very important. I think probably even more important. And I, I mean obviously the music is where it all comes stems out of. And uh, 
and maybe and probably what it is is the money makers are really i mean it's not the the product that's the money makers it's all the things that are around like like the performances and the and the 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 merch the merchandise and all that stuff so once again uh i i totally know it it there's part of it that's not right but it's not cut and dry and and i know that anybody listening to your record is a positive thing and i think that because of the napster mentality i think that's half of what has developed the internet to what it is today and and the sort of culture around it and the sort of uh open-mindedness to to be able to explore a lot of new things and i think a lot of bands because music is so easily available and so so easy to get without paying that you're able to um learn about bands and and uh stuff that you would never have found out before um that's enough of that anti-drug stance that dan has taken drugs are bad they're bad for you your body kicks them out or or, you know gets hurt by them and uh it's telling you don't do them you're getting you know like alcohol is like slowly poisoning you and he was mentioning d dan was mentioning dmt you know like like uh, drugs are definitely a double-edged sword but they but like i say they're double-edged sword and there's good things that you can get from drugs and I, um, and also the one thing I wanted to say is that, uh, Sarah, my sister, she, she doesn't do drugs. She doesn't do anything. You know, she, she drinks, but she doesn't do anything. She basically does what Dan does, drinks, you know, uh, no, no, none of the other stuff. And, uh, and sh- we think like that anyways, you know, I mean, it, it, it might sound like, about- I actually remember when I was a kid, I was like 11 or 12. There's kids in the back of the bus that you're totally a stoner, aren't you? And I was like, you know, I was a total straight edge kid. I didn't even know anything about anything. And. And I'm like, uh, no, you know, but I, but I must have put out some vibe that made it seem like I was, and I'm sure that leads me to tendencies to be one. But 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 either way, I mean, I think I've been talking like this my whole life, and 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 Chris too, or, or and Sarah too, and it's just it's just it's a way we we talk together, and it, it, it's like a ride. Yeah, it's totally a ride you go on. Uh, but either way, there are good things you can get out of drugs. I I I know this for a fact. I mean, um. I mean, all the music that you've ever heard, you know, any any music that you like is most likely influenced of drugs in some way. And Dan, you're a big fan of music. I'm sure that you you can can admit to that. And and uh, um, uh, art, music, all the creative creative arts, I think, have a lot of influence there because what it does is it it definitely opens your mind. Opens your mind. I mean, it it uh, it does something that that uh makes you kind i mean it's like as if you see this kind of world sometimes when you get caught you like you get a glimpse of this world that is indescribable but you kind of understand it in some some uh primal way and then it stays with you the sort of like okay there is this part of the world now that i know about or or that i'm conscious of that i never really thought about and uh and i think that that helps you go there more often when, once you're aware of it and uh, and the stuff that comes out of it it's like we're talking about the flow you know and that I think you know drugs I think help you get open to the flow if you if you uh, if you if you know how to if you if you're it's funny drugs kind of are interesting because you really you are 
part of what makes your drug experience good or not. You know, it's the the mentality that you have behind it. And a lot of it is about being able to say to yourself, because that that's really what get if I'm ever, you know, in a time like in my past where I've ever been on drugs, um, you got to just tell you, like, you got to have this voice in your head that's telling you everything's okay. And we're going to have an experience now. And, uh, and also, of course, you got to be responsible. I mean, don't hurt anyone when you're doing it, like, like Dan said, but, but, uh, you, you let yourself enjoy the experience and you can totally let yourself not enjoy the experience. You can totally let yourself feel like what's wrong. I, I don't feel, I don't feel good. You know, I, I don't feel like I, you could get to this place where you, you feel like scared and, 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 uh, lost and, and um and sick you know but if if you are conscious if you're if you're kind of trying to put that that good time that good experience that opening your your place being able to kind of put to the wayside the 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 day-to-day for a while i mean it's the this sort of stuff i mean it's not only experienced with drugs it's experienced with a, a good good exercise the euphoria the, the just a good probably good meal um it's i'm sure experienced in some way when you're when you're drunk you know that this this place um of, of just a, a very internally uh place of 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 joy and um ecstasy and uh, and it's just a matter of your own ability to let yourself experience it in a good way. And so if, if you have that ability, then you will be able to get things out of it. Um, I think a great example is John Lennon, like I mentioned before, but also George Carlin. If, if anyone's going to convince you that you can get some good things out of, out of drugs, it's George Carlin. He was so enlightened by, uh, by, by, I mean, like, like you could, if, if you ever looked at the history of, of, of him before and after drugs, like, like after drugs was when he started having that, that breakthrough in, in like the seventies when he, when he started, uh, I can't remember the name of the album, but you know, the, the seven deadly or the, the seven words you cannot say on the radio. And then the, uh, the stuff, the, 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 the bit about stuff. I mean, that all came after he, he had been enlightened and he, and, uh, and his mind was open. I mean, I don't know. He, he was just, he, he was seeing this, uh, he was getting outside of the, the humdrum of, of your, your, uh, your, your little world. And he was seeing outside of it and he was, finding things that were funny, you know, in that. And it was so awesome. Uh, Cuisinart. You, I can't remember the way that you pronounced it, but, uh, we have a, we have one of the, that brand of, uh, waffle maker. And like I said, I'm not, our family doesn't drink coffee, but, uh, we have a waffle maker and it's made by Cuisinart. And I, I can't remember the way that, that Dan pronounced it, but I don't think it was like that. But it was funny because because there's there's some things that no one's ever pronounced for you, and so you just make up your own pronunciation. And so Cuisinart, that's what I call it. Um. Okay, the idea that unifying, uh, like like where Sarah and I kind of came to this place of like you know that that uh, peace and harmony kind of uh, every everything's coming together, some some sort of uh, 
passage of, of the human race or whatever uh, into uh, to a new place. Um, I don't think that it is pushing beliefs to think that. And I don't think that it's, it's necessarily a, a drug thing to think that either. I think that it's a logical thing. I think there is a logical progression that you can go in your mind and think that there is something like this that's going to happen. It's kind of like um, Star Trek. I, I, uh, I, I, Star Trek is like the ultimate optimistic view of of the the world's future, um, and. Uh, while also some some people say ironically though you know the those big ships you know there's always some sort of element of like well you know we we represent peace and and unity unity and everything but yet also we we back ourselves up with uh with torpedoes and lasers you know uh we have huge guns on our ships you know because uh because with with the with having this piece you have to protect it and everything and and uh and so in a sense that is like pushing it on other people but i i i i don't necessarily agree i think i think that it's logical that where we're going with technology how fast it's growing it is undeniable that we have this exponential uh, growth that's going on the possibilities that we're thinking about with computers getting smaller and smaller and uh and memory getting larger and larger and and process and, and technology being able to become more and more uh uh able to to be whatever we want it to be um and and eventually it'll get to the point where where you know we'll be seeing things that we just can't even imagine and and uh and those things lead you to to believe that it's gonna I mean, like he, he, uh, Dan was talking about, you know, the guy, like t- technology makes you lose jobs. Technology takes away jobs from people because, you know, why, why have people do this? You know, uh, they, they want to r- run a computer that does it. And so is that not progress? Because eventually, the you know, what happens is you get higher efficiency. You got something doing those mundane jobs that is is not a human. Now, it does displace people, and, and we haven't found a place for those people. But um, we still need – we have this concept where we still need to make money. We still need to, to, to you know, solve our needs and everything. But um, we – probably are leading to a place where more and more of those technologies like i was saying and more and more of our expansion of of ways to make it happen are going to make it so that we don't have to do the things that we used to think that we had to do and that i think is a logical progression like we don't have to um we don't have to bucket water from the river anymore you know that's just a a common thing that it's common now we got plumbing you know that we, we take it for granted but i mean that is something that's that uh we don't have to do anymore you know and then you take that to the extreme it just gets better and better and better technology gets better and better and better and then there's just less and less and less we have to do and then how do we fill up our time how do we give ourselves a purpose well eventually it's probably going to get to a point where there's going to be too little to do for us to 
give ourselves money to pay people to do those things. And also there's always this element of like for everyone that has prosperity, for like for all the prosperity that the United States have, there's always someone being being um, exploited, like, like the Chinese uh, uh, manufacturers and stuff like that. But what I see in the future is something that's going to replace humans altogether. There's going to be an equivalent human uh, technology thing that's going to be able to take care of almost everything for us. And uh, it's probably like, I mean, it's not like something I I thought of myself. I mean, I, it makes me think of iRobot or, or that, that Will Smith robot movie. I mean, basically robots like that. You know, you're going to have something that's going to be able to do most of the things that we have people do now. Um, I'm not saying this is going to happen soon. I think Sarah had this element of like it's it's happening sooner than you think. I don't necessarily believe that per se. I think in our lifetime it's going to be amazing what the things we see, but uh, I don't necessarily think we're going to go that far. But when we do, and it only makes sense if longer time we have, and positively if we don't kill ourselves behind that term, that we're going to, by that point, that we're going to get somewhere like that. Um, so I think it's logical, and I do not think that it's it's... But yet it is also optimistic. It's logical and optimistic. But I don't believe it is... Um, I don't know. I don't think it's something that uh, is a conclusion of all. Maybe maybe the only thing you could say is that people that are on drugs, like, and especially people that have good experiences with drugs, tend to be um, pretty optimistic. <laughs> uh... Libsyn. I took a look at it, and uh, the five dollar option seems a little bit small on the uh, the memory um, that you can put in. I think it's only 50, 50 megabytes, and I think I'm going to need more than that a month. Uh, and then the next step up is fifteen dollars, and uh, that's about what I'm paying. But I, I I did the exchange rate, and I'm paying about uh, thirteen dollars a month for the SoundCloud. Pro, and um, it's unlimited, and I like the stats part of it, but I do understand there's no RSS feed, and and that that's that is definitely something I want. I want it to be able to be on iTunes, and so I might have to give in there. But but um, they also have stats, but I, as it gets higher and higher, you uh, the stats are added to the packages, and I think the next one up is twenty bucks, and that's the one that has like stats. And like 400 megabytes of download, and that might be what I want, but I don't know if I'm ready to pay 200 bucks. Uh, and may I, but I also could lower the quality of these MP3s, and I'd probably be able to do a decent plan. I don't know, Dan, maybe you can convince me more. Uh, okay, we got through it, huh? Good, huh? All right. So um, now I'm going to go on to uh, things that I wanted to tell the whole group. Okay. Um, I think I have a lot of time to listen to podcasts, and so I, sh- I should recommend a little bit to you guys. Um, first of all, uh, or, or not first of all, uh, so, so I have a few podcasts to recommend. I, I'm just trying to think of them off the top of my head. So one of them is... Um, uh, I, I do a lot of listening to NPR, but most most of the NPR podcasts are just like the radio show put into a podcast form. Um, so I have like uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, This American Life, 
Radio Lab, um, uh, and uh, uh, Tom Ashbrook. Um, what's the name of that? On Point. Uh, but then, then there's also one that I highly recommend. Um, it is all politics considered. I think it or all politics, and it, and um, it's the guy that does the the political junkie on Talk of the Nation, uh, and 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 I just love it. There, there's humor in it. Uh, there's there's some good banter, uh, but it's really on focus and it's and it's crisp and clear and it, it's got. I love it. It's 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 an awesome podcast, um, and and it's it, you know it gets into some of the deep podcast. Uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Like like sport. Uh, Sportcast. It reminds me of sports ca- casting or whatever, like like calling like horse races and stuff like that. Like this whole pol- political talk. And I I can't think of the word for it. But but either way, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then uh, there I've been listening to a lot of Earwolf. Like um, comedy Bang Bang's really good. Uh, um, there is a guy Brett Gelman. If you ever heard of him as an actor, he he uh, is in Eagle Heart, and uh, he's I think he's in a few network TV shows. But he is so good. And uh, if you ever want to try try Galmania, he only made like um, fifteen of them, and he kind of uh, fizzled out. But oh, uh, they they are so good. Um, Galmania, yeah, uh, uh, which is related. Um, uh, Comedy Bang Bang has a has its own uh, network, the Earwolf Network. And they got their own, uh, you know, a whole bunch of podcasts that are under that. And, and um, so that's one of them. Another one that's under that I like is Professor Blastoff with Tig Notaro and a couple other guys. Uh, Kyle Dunnigan is an amazing voice. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he does voices and, and, and so good. He does a, a Donald Trump that's really good. And he does this, this like, gay guy that's, that's awesome. Um and uh, this this old guy Belarue, he likes to dance, ha da da, and he likes to. <laughs> I think Dan said he, he had listened to it and heard about Belarue, and it was that was that was funny. Um, I, I I'm kind of going a little too far down this this path, but I I, I I got a few more to recommend, and and then and then I'll move on. Uh, I I listened to this Star Talk. With um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson has a radio show that he does um, in New York City area that also he's made into a podcast. Um, really good. It has uh, Eugene Merman in it a lot. He always, he has him with it's good with some sort of DJ ma- uh, playing some decent music, and uh, then then he has a guest on that he 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 kind of has like a, a guest host. And that that's usually a comedian like like Eugene Merman, like I said, a few few others that you might have heard of, um, and and then they they have an interview with some some guy, and it's it's always talking about science and stuff, but it's got this like um, comedic twist to it, and it's so it's so fun. I mean, Neil deGrasse is just a, a totally electric, charismatic uh, personality. I love it. Um, and and then. Uh, one more uh, is that did you know that you could get uh, real time with Bill Maher on a podcast? That's uh, I listen to that. That's really good. Uh, Bill Maher's fun, yeah. So then going on, um, these four podcasts all together are kind of one podcast together. You know, like we all like it's kind of hard to understand these podcasts without listening to all of them, and it's it's. Uh, 
it's fun. It's it's totally we're going down our own little thing. It, it actually feel it's as close to hanging out without being together as possible. I think it feels like I'm I'm regularly hanging out with you guys now, and it's it's, it's cool. Um, and uh, and it's also kind of like a creative community. Like when you listen to podcasts a lot, you start to kind of get the idea of who's friends with who and 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 the uh, the creative communities. And it always seems like there's a community of people that come up a generation. And they all find each other. Uh, like um, people in, like I hear a lot in Second City uh, in Chicago and uh, uh, people in in New York and and L A have have like their little cliques and and it's it's um it's. It's cool because creative communities, it's like where we can toss a lot of things out there. Like right now, all, all four of us are just blowing these podcasts out and like finding our form and everything, being inspired and, and having someone to listen to us and uh, encourage and everything. And that's I think that's something to get you through that po- probably early stages where you're not, you're not very good. And then someone like Dan will, will straighten you up and uh, help you get better. Like you said, he's critical because he wants you to get better. And I, I love that. I love that. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a little creative community. It actually reminded me of, uh, you remember that um, Flaming Lips CD, uh, Zyrica or whatever? It, it had four CDs, and you had to play all four CDs at the same time, so you needed like four players, four CD players or whatever. And I think I got, I, I, <laughs> I actually think I, I downloaded it. And um, so it was cool. And I almost feel like uh, our podcasts are kind of like that. You need to play all four together. I almost wonder if uh, some some nerd would uh, be able to take all four of our podcasts and like kind of uh, edit them edit them all together, and that'd be kind of fun. Um, then uh, then now now we got. I'm done talking to you. Uh, talking to to Dan, Chris, and Scott. And now I'm talking to anybody that wants to hear. I guess this is this is the me part of 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 this. I guess, but it's also kind of for you guys. I I, I don't really know. It, it it's like the new new stuff, new stuff coming in my mind. So uh, Anthony Weiner. Uh, so he's he's trying to come back. He's trying to make a comeback now, and it's looking like he's being pretty successful at it. But he was a guy that uh, showed. Ironically, his wiener on a text or something, and you know it blew up a, a big scandal, and and so he lost his his position, his office, and uh, I think he was a maybe a congressman in in um, one of the boroughs in New York, I think, and so a, a real fall from grace. But uh, it seems like he's able to pop up from that real quickly. You know, and maybe it's partially because he's he's a left, uh, you know, he's liberal, and that maybe there's more leniency there. But um, I also think that, like I was kind of hinting at this this um, internet culture is kind of starting to like like Joe Rogan talks about it a lot, and I I kind of agree. Like this place where we're not going to care too much about people knowing everything about us, and so and so what, then also when when everything kind of is out of the bag. Things like that, you start to feel like, well, yeah, they're bad, but I mean, like, we could all see ourselves in that position, maybe, or we could understand it at least, and so it, it has less, less of like this 
ability to get us so fired up that we're we're gonna let this guy just basically hang at the stake for it. You know, we forgive him and move on. So so basically, I think maybe this this idea this the more we know about people, this this opening up the internet's doing. The more we know, the more that we are um, able to forgive. The more the more we know, the more we forgive. Maybe. Because, I mean, uh, hats out of the bag most of the time. Most of us uh, are not, uh, uh, I mean, we, we all have our moments. And anyone that, that uh, is all self-righteous and, like, you know, be, you know can, can throw the first stone, uh, who among you can throw the first stone, you know, and anyone that can do that is uh probably making up for their shitty things they do or um or just just completely in denial but i think everyone has has their shit everyone has their shit and uh the quicker we figure that out you know the better um okay zimmerman case uh interesting most people are pissed um, that Zimmerman, Zimmerman was, was not found not guilty, but has any of you ever been to jury duty? I, I, I don't know. I, there is a lot of pressure on jury duty. Um, you basically, there's this, there's this really weird process of even getting the jurors, like, like, like half of the people that are eligible are, are knocked out. And I actually ended up in a, in a case. I ended up on a jury once. And, uh, so there is a lot of pressure. You, you start to actually kind of, it's, it's, you know, everyone's kind of pulled out of their jobs. Everyone's kind of got a little chance to chit chat and everything. Everyone kind of gets pretty friendly with each other. We had all guys in our jury except for, for, there was two girls. Um, so I think it was probably like eight or nine guys and then two girls and it was a rape case. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I can talk about it cause I guess after a case is closed, you can talk about it. It was a rape case, and uh, we had to decide, um, basically in this he said he said she said uh, situation, and um, I admit myself I didn't I didn't believe her. You know, I mean there there was a lot of holes in her story and everything, but uh, we and and there was also part of me like thinking though, I mean talk about a jury that's stacked against you talk about a jury that doesn't relate to a girl that might have been raped you know what i mean a bunch of white men i don't know i just thought it was weird and and uh so they had one black girl and one white girl i, I don't know if that makes any difference but i just i just just addressed that there and uh and then the girls uh we we all pretty much um you know churned it out and we we all pretty much concluded yeah i mean it's a kind of a he said she, she said the evidence is very uh very you know minimal at best um can't really prove anything and so all us guys were pretty much unanimous um on on the not guilty uh but the two girls they had a hard time you know i mean even though they they probably both felt similar like like that it, they could not really find themselves able to kind of like they felt like they were letting down a fellow sister you know like they they were like what if she really was you know they're feeling so guilty about it and it's so true juries are given a terrible 
position of being like completely like unjudgmental, like like trying to and and uh, I guess it's an advancement from having some uh, some guy with ultimate power to just say give you a sentence based on his judgment. I mean, a jury is better than that, but I mean, I think a jury is just not perfect way of of doing it but i don't know much better way besides that but it it, it, the the process is definitely weird and it's like people's lives lay in the hand of these people's votes and and so eventually we did convince the girls that i mean there you know there there was pretty much no way we were gonna go go the same way they were and so eventually they gave in and we because it has to be unanimous i'm pretty sure uh, for for a verdict, so so yeah, imagine those jury people in the Zimmerman case. I mean, if they just took everything at high at, at plain sight, I don't even know. I I think as far as legal practice uh, legal process goes, they it probably was a good verdict. Um, yeah, without the emotion, without the racial stuff, it was probably just the only thing they could do um beyond a reasonable doubt you know uh so yeah there you go i think i think that's that's good so now i'm going to start to warm up to uh the interview with james my brother so james is a big beer connoisseur and i know i'm going to go there i love beer and i I always get a little bit of information here, beer, little tidbits here and there about about the process of making beer, but I've never really, um, never really stuck. It's like it's never really stuck. What is an ale? What's a lager? Uh, what's the process of making it? Um, you know, all that sort of thing. Like, like I just, I don't know. I keep missing the the overall picture enough to like just remember it. And so I'm going to be happy to go through that with J- James. Um, also, uh, James was the fifth of, of us seven, so, and he was close in age to me. And so, so that was an interesting dynamic. We, we pretty much had the same experience growing up. Uh, also, Rush and I, is a, is, we are both fans of Rush, uh, and uh, so that'll be um, – they've just been inducted into the Hall of Fame, the band Rush, and – I'm sure that'll be plenty to talk about. Um, and then maybe we'll talk about drinking songs. I've mentioned drinking songs not too long ago. And that was... Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I guess I guess maybe... You know, I feel like I'm just telling you my outlines. But really, maybe what I want you to get out of this is maybe... Okay, this is where we're going with the interview... And if you want to listen to it, you can. But this is also a place where you can say, okay, I don't want to hear about beer. I don't want to hear about Rush. I don't want to hear about uh, drinking songs. And so this is where I'm going to stop on this podcast. And that's the freedom that I want you to have. And I love you all out there. And um, so now I got a song to go off on. I think I might start explaining some of the songs. And yeah, Chris was right. I, I write and, and play all the songs. Um, uh, the the one last week, David the King, the 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 choral piece. Um, that one I didn't write, but I I was all I wrote, recorded all the voices of me singing there, 
and uh, that was part of the Sacred Harp. So now this one today is a little blues jazz uh, round that I made, and I am rocking out on the flute. All right. Hey, James. Oh, hey. Um, so I'm on your show now? Yeah, you're on my show now. It's funny because uh, um, we've kind of had a few few uh, bad starts to this because um, we have technical dif- difficulties with the phone. Yeah, so... Yeah. Does that happen a lot? Um, not really. Uh, well... I guess I guess maybe maybe it does sometime, but they the listeners don't get to hear it because uh, because I uh, just start over. Huh. Isn't that magical? Well, there's uh, yeah, but the, the, uh, not sure what was I gonna say to you. That's all right. That's all right. So um uh, you're you're um you know we we both grew up pretty close together. Um, we've, uh, uh, you know, just, just a little context. You're the fifth of, of all of us kids. Um, and I was the sixth and, and we have about a couple of years apart. Um, so, uh, and, and I think we have a lot of shared interests and I wanted, wanted to bring up a couple. I was thinking about, um, uh, Rush. They just, um, got inducted into the hall of fame and, uh, James and I are both kind of super fans of Rush. Oh my god! Have Have you seen that, James? Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, and did you did you see? So, um, if any of you haven't seen it yet, there there is a, a speech for the for the um, you know, when when they get their award, and during the speech, Alex Lifeson does something that's really awesome. I hopefully hopefully most of you guys know what who Alex Lifeson is, right, James? Do you remember that? It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty ballsy, but you're gonna have to see it yourself to to find out. But uh, Rush Hall Hall uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Um, so any anyways that what's that? Can't tell anybody what they he did, huh? I I'd say I mean I I don't want to spoil it. Oh, all right. Well, David spoiled it for me. Did he? So was it not as good? Would have been cool to watch without knowing. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's a definition of spoiler. Yeah, he got me to see it, so. Yeah. So, so when was your first uh, experience with Rush? 
Uh, I just go back to remembering uh, Wild Days and Muscle and Time too. Get into it. And they had some videos of it. As a great uh, under pressure report. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I remember that too. And then Todd took me to get a CD. CDs are just coming out. I think. Yeah, I mean uh, that. Nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. It was when uh, 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 Todd was in that apartment. Um, you know. I don't think CDs and CDs weren't real widespread yet. They were starting to. But Todd took me to get my first album and a CD, and that's what I got. Rush, Grace, Under Pressure. Yeah, and I remember that it had like a turquoise um, inside inner 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 uh, jacket. Oh, you remember that? Uh, I, I don't know if I remember that turquoise. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's, no, it's kind of. Well, I don't know, the cover was really weird. I kind of described in past times where how how like our house is always a mess, and um, you kept that CD pretty nice. I mean, I actually I remember it pretty well. Uh, you kept that CD pretty nice, but um, you uh, it definitely got all busted up eventually. But still, that's I mean, it was like maybe shuffled in a corner somewhere, but it was still like there. That that CD lasted forever. I think it got to the point where it was like unplayable. But uh, I just remember it was like it was like iconic. It was more iconic as a CD than it, maybe even the music on it. Or I mean, and I listened to that maybe so much during that year or, or so. And and yeah, it was just pretty cool that that I remember that Grace Under Pressure CD probably just as much as you do. Oh huh. well, I yeah, I didn't know. Do you know how long it lasted? I just remember seeing how how scratched up the guy got so bad. Yeah. Actually, a long time. So, so it was kind of interesting. We started off with Rush with like one of their kind of post, um, post their kind of like biggest time, you know, their biggest time during like the moving picture era, era, era or so. Like their post time. Like, where do you think they went? Where do you think their prime ends? I. Their great era. It probably ends. Their golden age. Golden age. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The the golden age probably ends with um with moving pictures. Moving pictures. Yeah. I think moving moving pictures was was I mean it it wasn't it wasn't the end of them like really putting out like new and creative stuff, but I think it was the end of them like um, catching the wave of 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 the population like their the time where they they were in everyone's radio you know all, all over the place like after that like they they kind of they had a few hits but they they never had albums like that well yeah it's like, I, I can't really disagree too much but I, though it's what an album to end on I mean that album is awesome moving pictures one of the best things it, it just seems like you think you go to a, you get to a peak and then you slowly go down. It seems like they got to they got to a peak and stayed up there a while and then it just drops. But, uh, but I mean, there were the album right after Moving Pictures. I think I've listened to Subdivisions. I don't know. I think it was called Signals or something. Was it? It was either Signals or something. Was it? I, oh, subdivisions was the song on it. Yeah, subdivisions on it. Probably the best song on that album. 
I don't know that one too well. I mean, so basically, my I I've I've kind of like basically that was my knowledge of Rush. Uh, I think I think eventually we also kind of during we basically had the Rush albums that came out when we were around, like um, uh, yeah, that great song. Pre- yeah, because then uh, it was nineties and uh, it Presto. Yep. Do you remember the tape? Yeah, exactly. The tape with Presto on it with the with the bu- the bunny. Yeah, it was that was eighty nine or ninety. Yeah, and then and then after that, roll the bones. What? Yeah, yeah. And sorry, I, I, I you cut out there, but but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. And I'm just let you talk. Ended up with a pretty sure we ended up with a CD of that. I, I think I don't know. I remember that. And then we got roll the bones. Yeah, pr- yeah. Presto, we had a tape, and then there's a roll the bones. Well, then after that, I I kind of just lost track. But I know there was counterparts after that, and so a test for echo, and yeah. I yeah. tried to listen to the all, all the new stuff lately because they just keep putting out albums. And they said that uh, there's the snakes and arrows. My wife Sarah, she got me that one a couple years ago. I listened to it a few times. I just couldn't get into it. All right, so so let's let's reel this in. Let's reel this in a little bit. Um, so so basically, ultimately, like I think that Presto roll roll the bones were like um, really good albums like they were a good they they like they said it was like their return back to to uh the guitars you know and less less of that synthesize synthesizer you know oh yeah and 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 it was it was a good time to to discover rush for the first time you know because uh i think they they had like a little comeback there yeah they definitely uh especially that opening song in presto Really get some nice guitar with. All right, so ba- now we're gonna we're gonna just focus on Rush for the person that's never known Rush. That that was a little bit for us. Now let's give give something back to them. So so basically, we kind of went into where we started Rush. Now uh, you probably just like me have pretty much heard every album, right? Yes, more or less. Okay, and we're and we're super super duper nerds for them. So we're gonna. So, so what I want to like, so now, um, they started off with, with their self-titled album. It was really good, but it wasn't really their sound yet. They, uh, they had, um, um, uh, then a couple other albums and, and the third album was the real, real blowout one. The third album I think was the first one that they had Neil Peart, the drummer, right? Well, okay. Hold on now. You got album one, Rush. And uh, that, the first album was the only album with their original drummer. And then okay, then he came in in the second one, Fly By Night, right? Yeah, Do you want to sit through? Are we trying to go through the whole story then from the beginning pretty much? No, I think, I think we just want to quickly get to get to the album, like like talking about the albums that you should listen to. Well, let's, well I mean, you can 
the first ones were here in the, the Working Man. I mean, that was a hit. Like, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. They call me the Working Man! And, that uh, does what I am. There's a couple other pretty good ones in there. And then, uh, then, then, now, then they get Neil Peart by their second album. Okay, and let's let's explain Neil Pert. Five by Night's a pretty good album. You know what I'm saying? Okay, what... Five by Night. Oh, yeah, Fly by by Night's awesome. So, wait, wait, wait. What's so important about Neil Pert? Um, I I, I don't know. Just once I got him, it's just just so solid. What did he play? Solid drumming. uh, And and they're a real three-piece. But uh, then you got... he, He really brings that whole... Uh, he wanted to try the, these progressive type things, and they doing the long, longer type of stuff, and the, and, and he, he he became their lyricist, and they started doing. Well, they had a couple hits. They got Anthem in the second album and Fly by Night, and then uh, they they tried a couple things like uh, like that by tour and the Snow Dog. It was a real weird one. Yeah, that that was Caress of Steel, right? Oh wait, no, that was on Fly by Night. Yeah, it's on by Fly by Night, and then uh, uh, then have you heard in? I think it's called In the End. That was pretty neat too. Man, it's been a long time, but um, progressively, progressively. But then you get into the third album, Caress of Steel, which was it was a big downfall for them, although. Uh, a fan like me, I don't know if we, you, you should tell people to listen to that or what, but there's, you know, songs like Fasty uh, Old Day and uh, a Lakeside Park are pretty good, easy listening. But then if you're a real progressive type person, you wouldn't really want to get into that Fountain of Lamb Ness. It's, it's really uh, amazing. I don't know. You gotta really be. You gotta really listen to it, and you gotta like that kind of progressive stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so let. Anyway, that was a big failure for them, right? So they're gonna go. Their their record company getting one more chance. That's when they come out with twenty one twelve, and they got big. Okay. And, uh, so if you're not gonna listen to anything else, listen to twenty one twelve. Okay. Good. All right, all right. So yeah, twenty one twelve was their their huge like like breakthrough. So basically, like their first two albums, they had a, they were kind of more classic traditional, and then and then by their their third album, um, uh, I think the influence, especially of Neil Peart, who was someone that that was the real key to changing the band to what it was. Uh, he was a drummer, but he was really like a musician. He was a a a, a, a uh, percussionist. You know, he he would he would make arrangements that would that was like basically songwriting, songwriting through drums, and uh, and so he, with his influence, it took him to a place that was very new, and that that was where they were starting to go to and fly by night, and then really went to and caress a steel. and uh, and it was pretty much to their ruin because it's not very commercially commercially applicable you know these songs that go 10 minutes long or sometimes i mean i think the the one of them on there is 20 minutes long or 25 minutes long which, which song is yeah. that well Fountain of blame Ness is where they started this you do a whole side of the record with one song it's like 23 minutes yeah and it's like it's and like the other side is shorter songs and that's what 
that started with Crescent Steel. Then twenty one twelve they do it. And then I don't know if they did that on the, the next album, but then Signet or uh the uh, hemispheres they did that too yeah exactly and and so that was new that that i mean it was kind of like organized like uh like a classical you know um symphony or something like that yeah it could be something like that it's got movements and uh and uh, overtures and, and they they give subtitles to every part of the long piece yeah and so and so basically they went all or nothing they had the that, that i mean that's kind of part of it too that the guts they had and it, and it kind of reminded me of how how alex lifeson was when he when he accepted the the nomination because he um he he had the balls to do something kind of like radical and then they had the balls when 2112 to do the same kind of style as as caress of steel but uh, you know, even though yeah. Caress of Steel was such a failure, yeah, because they do Caress of Steel, it's a big failure. Then they say, "All right, you got one more chance." And but well, what do they do? They just do the same exact thing. Yeah, because they loved it so much, they believed in it. Yeah, and they, they, they paid off, and then then after that, they just kept doing what they want. Yep. Yeah, that, they said they that uh, they no longer had anyone telling them what to do after that. Yeah, nobody messed with them after that. They, uh, man, thank thank Jesus for that. <laughs> well, you know, even if they had lost it, we'd still have twenty one twelve. We'd still have Crescent Steel. If I mean, hopefully we would have discovered it. But since they didn't go out. Under or whatever, we get hemispheres and farewell of kings, and then of course you know moving pictures and all this other junk. Yeah, so so there is your your want your albums to start with. If you like, if if you want to start with Rush, do twenty one twelve, and then and beyond uh, up to moving pictures between twenty one twelve and moving pictures. So yeah, twenty one twelve, farewell to kings, hemispheres, uh, and permanent waves, and moving pictures. Five albums. Yeah, I think that's what it goes to, right? I yeah. think they put so much energy and work into that stuff. And then it, they got to the point where they couldn't, you know, like Hemispheres, like they did that Cygnus... Cygnus X1? Yeah, whatever that's called. Cygnus X1, I think. And uh, they put so much work into that, they were so worn out. Yeah. I think that's part of why they didn't do that kind of stuff, do those kind of things anymore. Yeah, they said they basically, you know, they couldn't do it. I mean, it was too strenuous. So basically, they 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 put wasted their youth, or not wasted, but they 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 expelled their youth on those five albums. Yeah. So you think like they they sacrificed some of their life in a way. I mean, they they almost they lost some of their years. We've been talking about it on, on this podcast. Like, there's been four of us uh, guys all all doing podcasts together, and one of the discussions that that keeps coming up is that creativity is a struggle. It's it's naturally, you know, um, the best creative stuff is always comes from pain. Wow. And and that's probably what they did was just they were just so extreme in their their like. Um, commitment, their their commitment to the band to making it better. They they must have practiced all the time. They were just pushing it all the time, and they they were saying like like and then and then that was during the time when you put out an album a year or even more than one album a year. Well, 
Yeah, they put they did a lot in just a few years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then when was Moving Pictures? Yeah, they got the Moving Pictures by '81. Yeah. uh, Yeah, they did all their big, huge. You got twenty-one, twelve, seventy-six, and then seventy-seven and seventy-eight. You got up to Hemispheres, and then Permanent Ways. They probably took. They were probably relaxing a little bit, and then came back and did their Moving Pictures. All right, awesome. So another thing that we do in this podcast is we usually say what we're drinking. And so, um, what what did you say you were drinking? You said you you were having some cider. Yeah, I, well, I'm not drinking it now, but I, yeah, I, I'm trying hard ciders. Now you're saying something cool about that. Okay, all right. Um, so I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking uh, a Southern Tier Finn and Matt's um, IPA. Finn and Matt's Finn and Matt's IPA, I guess. Like a pale ale. Yeah, it's a IPA. It is an IPA, Finn and Matt. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've had that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just you get in this in this really hot weather, and uh, I, I'm looking for lighter things now. Uh. The, the hard side is a pretty good. I, the McKenzie's, I tried McKenzie's, a little, little sweet. Yeah, I, I I always enjoy a good hard cider whenever I get one. So you you do drink them? I I have drank them in the past. I I drank the the one with the woodchuck. Yeah, no, the woodchuck. I tr- that was the one I, I tried in Vermont. It was like a bit winter batch or something, and that that was pretty good. And so tonight I tried McKenzie's. It's a new thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad to to you know it it's it sounds exciting. You want to have hard cider together sometime? <laughs> Maybe next time we meet up. That that'd be wonderful. All right, so so um we go- also now can we talk a little more about drinks? Yeah. I I was actually wondering if we could talk about the beer the beer process. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I'm going to beer now. Okay. You see Sam Adams has uh, an India Pale Lager out. Okay, I've never never. Okay, it's, okay, okay. Oh, can can, can name for it. here? Let 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 me let me start. So so why is that significant? It's because it's a lager. So we're usually we're saying ales. Now I know that beers are split up into two families: ales and lagers, right? Yeah, well, it, it gets really confusing, and, and, and you know, some people say some people will split it into beers, lagers, and ales, and some might add in and porters are their own thing, and and then stouts you could. Okay, uh, but let's. Yeah, I, like, I I explain it like it's just ales and lagers. That's how I think it is. Yeah, th- and that's that's what I've traditionally heard. So, what is the difference between an ale and a lager? Well, it's mainly in the fermentation. Uh, okay, so 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 are, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, let's just start at how we ferment it. Okay. Yes. Uh, you, you brew it up, and then you you got to ferment it. And ales have their. Well, wait, 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 man. Uh, wait, you said you stop, stop. You said you brew it up. I mean, like, what is that? What what are you brewing? Oh, you want to you want to go through all that too? No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no just 
just a or water, you're going to brew with some sort of you're going to take some hot water and mix it up with some some ground up uh, malts, and that can be a malt in any cereal grain. And the, the preferred grain for for beer is barley because uh, it because it it brews into the water real well, I guess. And, and then when you want to screen the water out, barley's a good one for it. Uh, okay. So you know, I, I don't know how deep you want me to get into this. No. Okay. Okay. So that the brew is based. You said is it's it's a cereal grain water and hot water and then did you say there was something else? So that's basically yeah. You get your that's the main thing to do is you you get your you you create your wort by soaking that water for a couple hours with with uh, some sort of grain and and you break up the grain like like you would grind up uh, coffee beans. Grind up some grains and just let them sit. Okay, so so a wort is like a grain coffee. Yeah, or just you could just call it grain flavored water. Okay. And let's just stick with barley just to make it easier. Okay, so barley. Okay. So you got. So then now you got the barley water, and then for whatever reason you you boil that, you boil that wort, wort barley water. Does it probably helps it soak in? So why yeah why do we boil it well? I think they started doing it because uh, it strengthens the wort because the water will evaporate off, and then you get your luck is stronger. Kind of, kind of like um, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, like maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or distillation. Yeah, yeah, distilling. Yeah. That's actually that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But um, so then, well, then yeah, then you add in the hops at while it boils, and. Uh, and hops are, are grow. They're these buds that grow off a of perennial vine. What do they smell like? So every year you can pick the bud will regrow, kind of like grapes would. And uh, but the hops don't go back like that long. I, I, I don't. I don't know if hops really start being put in the pails and beers until like the. Late 1500s, maybe. Okay, now, 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 hops. I mean, um, so you got the grain, the the wort made from the grain. Now, the hops you add after you boil while you're boiling. Now, the the hops, the, the hops have like, I mean, that's where you get that grassy smell, right? Yeah, you get a bitterness, you get a bitter flavor, and you also get a nice smell, a nice aroma. You can call it grassy, but but there's so many varieties of hops. So some could just be earthy, earthy bitter. Or you could get something nice and citrusy, or they call it floral. I like to think very fruit. And uh, when you get those really good IPAs, you start tasting those hop flavors and smelling them. So really, what hops do that the uh, barley doesn't is get you that a, a good smell. Awesome! So yeah, really gives you a lot of flavor. The hops really give you that smell. All right, I'm gonna smell my beer right now. So you're drinking right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Would you, would you mind if I pour the nail for myself? Oh yeah, I I can pause it and you just let me know when you start up again. Oh, oh no, I, we we can talk while we do it. Okay, so great. I'm going and I'm pour a nail, and I got in my fridge. I'm saving it for a special time. Uh, so it is a southern. Oh, uh, awesome. A 
Two time or double IPA. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the it says two X right IPA. Two X IPA, yeah, yeah, there you go. Awesome, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, re- a really good one. Varieties of hops and three types of malts. So is that is that pretty crazy? I I, I think that's yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. Four different types four of hops. four hops and three malts. Well then, you know, after you after that boil, you got to cool that down. You got to cool that wort down, and then get it from sitting in a tank so it can ferment. And uh, and that here's where here's where ales and lagers are different. Ales just take like as uh, like four days or maybe a week. Okay. To to ferment, and you get and you do a certain type of yeast. It's uh, the ale yeast. They're, they're top for many. Okay, wait, wait. So I, I mean, so wait. Um, let me get this straight. So, so uh, you started, or I mean, you 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 put that that um, uh, wort and and hops into a, um, a boiled them together, and then and then uh, you put it into a uh, you said a glass jar or glass tank. Oh no, you just you put it in a tank. Now, nowadays you do stainless steel. A stainless steel tank, uh, like a bucket. Like a, um, a big, a big, huge tank. You can do however much you want to do it. Kind of, you know, the big brewery's gonna do. With a big open top. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Like a big milk tank. Oh, it could be some. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. Or but, uh, uh, like at the uh, custom brew factories, they had big, tall ones. They're really tall. They're not. Longer. I see. I see. So you're talking about some. How many gallons? How many gallons is this hold? Well, if you're like if you get a brewery, you're gonna do like thousands of gallons. But if you're like a microbrewery, like uh, no, brew crafters. Oh God, I don't know, like a hundred gallon tank. Or, they're probably doing two hundred gallon tanks. But they, but they get so big, then they measure them in like barrels. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I guess I don't. I don't need to know too much. But it's it's basically a massive batch you're talking about. So okay, so you you get you get those t- those ingredients into the tank. So you have you filtered out the hops by this point? Um. Well, they they probably yeah they'll 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 put it through some sort of filtering. Yeah, you you'd want to filter the hop buds out or whatever because a lot of like nowadays they use these little pelletized hops they like they're concentrated in the pellets and I, I don't know if you got to filter those out or if they disintegrate I, I don't know how those work okay but then you got to add yeast to it when it's in the fermenter tank and <laughs> ale yeast they will float to the top and you'll get, uh, in the old days, they called it barm. Now, did you tell, do so the people know that I uh, go to the month and every other weekend and dress up in the old-style brewery? And... No, no. Um, so James is, James is kind of a beer connoisseur. And so this is a perfect subject to talk about. And uh, he, he um, used to work at Custom Brewcrafters, which is a Rochester-based um 
microbrewery. Uh, uh, he used to do samples and and uh, and whatnot, filling up growlers. Yeah, it was, it was like a dream job. So I don't know why I lost, but yeah, I think And and then uh, and now you have another beer job over at uh, Mumford, where you you're uh, like a, a, an old timey man in an old brewery, right? Yeah, this is the Genesee Country Village and Museum. I've heard about it. It's in Mumford, New York. Over in Mumford, yeah. They, yeah, it's a 19th century style village. People can uh, come see how people lived back then. And yes, I'm in the brewery. I dress up as if I was a brewer. And this is like, this is like early 1800s brewing. Like, it's based on a brewery in Geneva, New York, that was around in 1880. It's pretty early. That's awesome. Yeah, so I can, like, I'll talk to people there, and we'll, we'll be doing them in the big, we got these big wooden barrels. And they hold about 200 gallons, about. Um, so that's how people, they, they would have done them. And, and what, wooden barrels? Big wooden barrels, which now... That's not very sanitary for New York State because molds can grow up on the wood. I I see. Just to give you an idea, I mean, it doesn't have to be stainless steel. I actually, I actually heard something about that. That's, that's interesting, but I, I I digress. So so let's get back to, to finishing up the process. So so I I get the whole you 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 move that that liquid. Now when did the yeast get added? So you'll yeah you'll have the yeast right right away as, as long as it's cool enough. Because, like, like, for an ale, you want it to be uh, close to 70 degrees. I mean, if it's hotter than 90 degrees or so, that's too hot. The yeast are living organisms, and don't want to kill them. Okay, so, uh, so it's very, very important. 70 degrees. Is that the only thing in it yeah. now? Is it just yeast and that, that mixture of the hops and, and grain now? Is that the only thing that's in it now? James, at this point? Are you there? You hear me? Okay, um... So, so I, I can bring it right back up. So, uh, you know, I, I can, I can edit this afterwards. So, so, so I'll fix all the problems. Um, so, uh, when, when you got that whole, so, so you put the yeast into it pretty much right after it cools down. Um, is there anything else in it besides the yeast? Well, it's the bar, the barley flavored, um, and, and hops, whatever hops. Yeah, so barley it. and hop flavored water, and then you just threw yeast into it. Is there anything else you throw into it? No. You want to throw anything else, just yeast. And uh, they, from the barley, there's the main thing you're getting from them are the sugars. Okay, so you're giving food to the. Are going to feed off. Okay. Okay, cool. So, so basically, now this long period is a is a fermentation process. Yes, and uh, so it's fermentation is just 
anaerobic respiration, making energy without oxygen. Awesome. So, and, uh, so, so, th- so now you got three ingredients and water, and that's that's all you'll need for the first what fourteen days that you're making your brew. Yeah, three ingredients plus water. So that's four ingredients all together. It's all you need. Four ingredients to beer. So now, what what is the so so now what is the difference between ales? Now you can tell the difference between ale and lager by, based on these three ingredients, right? Well, the, yeah, they'll have the same ingredients except the yeast. The yeast is going to be a little different. And ale yeast, as I was saying, though, they they thrive at around seventy degrees, and they will you ferment them. You ferment an ale for um, at least four days. And then, and then it'll have to age after it's done fermenting. But, but then, um, let's see, the, the lager, you've got to get it colder. The lager yeast are called bottom fermenting yeast. They ferment at more like 30 degrees and they work slower. That's almost, that's, that's freezing. That's freezing temperature. Yeah, they, they like fridge temperature, fridge. And, uh, they, they, uh, and so it takes longer. It could take like three weeks to ferment. Okay, so so the lager is the one that takes longer. Yeah, they take a lot longer. What's they, uh, what's the benefit? What's the benefit? Well, if you want something, and I'm and I'm still discovering this benefit because why not just make ales? I mean, they're easier. And when you're you got these smaller breweries. The, all these microbreweries, what do you see? You're seeing ales a lot, and it's they're just easier to make. And, you know, back in the early, like, uh, talking about early history in America, I mean, you would only see ales. Well, uh, when did lagers become big? Well, the Germans start migrating back to America in the 1840s, and Germans are the ones who really were big into lagers. And uh, I don't know the climate in Germany much, but I'm sure there's some cold areas there. And they must have had places where they can make lagers relatively easily. Yeah, because without modern inventions, it'd be hard to maintain that refrigerator temperature so long. Oh, yeah. Especially through... I mean, now in the old days, like in summer, you probably just... you, You wouldn't even brew. Even if it's an ale. But... But, yeah, if you're doing a lager, I mean, if it's not winter time, it's, I don't know how you're going to do it until they, they did ice boxes and the late hours. So that's an that's an interesting fact. So, so, so once again, you were trying to describe what is it about lagers that is different? So, yeah, so if you're going to drink it now. Now, let me just say, these humongous commercial breweries, Budweiser, Coors, those are all lager stuff. They can afford to just do it that way because you're, you're doing a mass quantity. But anyway, you go through all that work, what's the benefit? Well, you got a cold, uh, more of a cold drinking beer. It's crisp and light. And uh, now, I personally, when it's when they're having these hot days like this, I can appreciate a lighter style. It's the kind of a beer you could get your frosty mug out, fill it up, drink it in ice cold, and it just it's just tastes just right. 
it's just refreshing. It's interesting. You know, um, are great. I mean, but they're you don't you don't really want to chill those so much. They're not meant to be drinking like that. You want to taste the flavor. I mean, you know, in the old days, you just drink them room temperature. That's that's interesting. So, so I mean, it's almost like lagers almost like came along with refrigeration. I mean, though they did exist before, like like refrigeration would 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 like make you want to have lagers. Well, I don't know a lot about German history, you know, but I, I I've heard things about like they have these gardens and in the cold winters that they would they would have they must have drink I guess they drink really high alcohol lagers and walk through them and they they would stay warm by drinking. Alcohol <laughs> doesn't really warm you, but it makes you feel like you're warmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that. Develop some tradition of drinking these lagers. So, like, so basically, drinking a beer really cold. Yeah. Where you know, most other places, you're going to drink stuff room temperature. That actually reminds me. Um, uh, Obama had a, a time where he was kind of embarrassed because uh, he went to Europe and he, he was going to taste a beer, and he says, uh, in America, we like beer cold. You know, he was just trying to kind of uh, appeal to the masses a little bit. But he, he says, in America, we like our beer cold. And then the guy says, well, it's not going to taste good. Oh. It was like some, some guy from, like, you know, Europe, some some French guy or something. You know, it's like you're gonna ruin it. You know, it's like 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 drinking a a fifty dollar bottle of of beer beer or whatever. You know, uh, at at the wrong temperature. Yeah, Jesus. So uh, <laughs> you did that voice pretty good. Uh, I don't even America, know. We like our do it again. Well, America, like we like our beer cold. Oh, you you mean Obama doing it? The Obama. I, I don't think I was putting on Obama. I, I I'd have to play it back. Uh, oh, okay, all right. In America, in America, we like our beer cold. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, uh, yeah, so you know, we we don't have enough good lagers because you just got you know cores and bud type. Lagers are, are so light to begin with, and then and then their lager style, they're just so it's like so light. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I totally understand. Well, let me bring you back then, Sam Adams, the Indian. Well, wait, wait. Before you do, I got one little fact I wanted to say. The the pizzas, I'm I'm. I'm making pizzas, and, and I remember you always say, like, uh, beer is like liquid bread, and, and the way you described it, that pretty much is it. I mean, I, uh, the, the ingredient... Oh, you, you remember that liquid bread term? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. so so basically the f- first four ingredients for, for beer, or the, the only four, is water, um, f- uh, a, a grain, uh, which barley, I mean, just water, barley, uh, hops, and and yeast. Well, just take the hops away. It's spread, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so with 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 my pizza dough, it's flour, which is a grain, water, yeast, salt, and uh, oil. I mean, so it's basically the same kind of stuff. It's a it's a grain, water, and uh, and some yeast. Yeah, and the oil and salt are just extra things. I mean, you, you don't need them. Yeah, for the for the chemical process. <laughs> yeah, well. 
So yeah. Yeah. So wait, wait. No. Now, now that's what I'm making New York style pizzas now, and it's like kind of a, a new thing. I, I I haven't actually told anybody, but that that's I, I'm actually selling them, and uh, I um they 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 tell you to to re- put the dough to rise put it in the refrigerator it's, it's a new york new york uh style way of rising pizza dough and you actually put it in your refrigerator for like three days and let it rise really slowly so does that cook in the rising or does it go, go slower no, it doesn't cook. It just, it just. Um, I, I, what they think they said is that it slows down the the process and it helps it to kind of absorb the flavors better. I, I guess with pizza dough, you actually don't want it to to rise too much. You actually don't want to use too much yeast. You, it's, it's kind. Of, you got to be tasteful and you got to use not too much yeast because a really fluffy pizza dough is not really want. You want like a, you want a nice risen dough or a nice tasty dough, but you don't want it to rise much. So, so they they suggest treating the yeast with with you know, in in the fridge refrigerator, which reminds me of lagers. Yeah, 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 and uh, the and I mean, there's so many different strains of yeast and all, but uh, yeah, yeah. Why why the lager yeasts are better doing cold? I, I mean, I don't know. I I just assume they do better in the cold, but maybe they. I don't know. I don't know how different it is. Yeah, I, want, I don't know if you could do a lager with ale yeast or vice versa. I, I yeah, that's true. You got that whole yeast variety thing, but I, I guess I'll with the you, with, well, I'll tell you what though, the, the museum. The, so we'll actually like brew the beer, go through the process as long as it's not a really hot day. But um, we get to fermentation, and you can see the yeast rise to the top, and they call it barm. It's like a white foam that builds at the top. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, you can skim it off, and we'll we'll skim it off. And there there's these uh, in one of the houses in the village, they bake bread, and they will take some of the, the ale yeast and use it in their bread. So oh wow, that's you can, awesome! You can use the ale yeast for bread. Yeah, so so it's probably gives gives the bread like a little bit of a beer flavor. Yeah, I, I haven't tried it. I gotta try it and see if it really gets much of a flavor from it. But you can—it's like their beer bread. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so you were gonna say so? So basically, now you got those four ingredients. The difference between a lager and an ale is that an ale is is done fast and and warmer, and the lager is done slowly and cold with different types of yeast. Now, um, uh, where where comes the the uh, uh, what are they called? Malts. What when does that come to play? Well, that malts, it, those are the grains. But that that in itself is a is a whole process too. Okay, so the bar the barley is a malt, right? So your your barley, for instance, you got to take your barley grains and you soak them in water to, and let them germinate. They start germinating, and then they. Uh, you chop off the little sprouts, and and then you you gotta let them dry up. Oh wow! And, and yeah, they gotta do all that to to prepare malts, and uh, so then the malts end up being these crunchy, sweet. Uh, they're crunchy and sweet because uh, they've germinated. They've just started germinating, 
and it's like the sugars are just ready to come out. Yeah, all the energy of that um, plant is right there. Yeah, it's ready to cut. Yeah, because it needs to. It's sprouting, so it needs to get all its sugars. So, you know? so it's little, it's little grain fetuses. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of cruel. But it's kind of like you. Oh, never mind. I won't get into that. It's like veal. But, uh, so, and, and you can do, you can malt barley, you can malt wheat or rye or even, uh, yeah. I mean, just most grains. So, I don't think corn is an easy one to so, do. So the malting process, I mean, so, so for everything that's malted, it's just you take the germinated seed and then and then you dry it up. Yeah, you basically, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you germinate it, then dry it out. And now then, they they might, well, well, what they do is they also will, they can, now I think what they do is boil, they can boil it and get it, the sugars to caramelize and those are how you get like your amber colored malts so you get your amber beer the amber ale by adding so much so many amber malts to huh. to it to the recipe wow and then uh but then there's also roast that can roast them so you get these brown or what they call chocolate malts and, or roast just roasted malts and then then you get then you got something to work with to get your brown ales and your, and if you want a porter, you're gonna need. So are that. are these mixed with the grains? Or these are the grains. So that is the grain. You're, so in, during the malt process, you can do things to it, like roast it or boil it or. So si- once again, similar colors. similar to coffee. So yeah, well yeah, I mean you're talking about roasted malts. I mean that's they're kind of like they're, they're they're similar to coffee. In fact, they, they you get a roasty coffee flavor in those you know your porters because you're putting those roasted malts. In. So a a, a a a person that knows his beers is so now knows that a beer is malt and hops and yeast and water. Yep. So it's still just four ingredients. Malt. It's just, it's just you can prepare those malt. And, and do lots of different things with the malt. You know, I was so I, I've been intimidated. I've wanted to make uh, beer before, but now I'm not so intimidated. Oh, good for you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm thinking I really have to make my own too. And and do you know we have an arbor outside the house that has has hops on it? A, a what outside the house? The, an uh, like an arbor. And, oh, you have hops outside your house? Oh, tons of them. Oh Lord! You gotta pick them and see what they smell like. Yeah, I already have. Like, they smell really I think good. They're ready to pick in August. So I, have you seen them? Do they look? Do the yeah. bugs look big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some. I mean, they they smell. They got like a. They got like almost like a yellow pollen underneath them. But yeah, you put your nose right up to them, and it has that nice crisp, uh, uh, grassy smell. I I, I I think it's kind of a grassy, but yeah, yeah, I could see the citrus kind of smell. Oh man. It's good. I mean, you got to come over and smell them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get over there as soon as we freaking can. Yeah, man. Uh, All right. So uh, so that that explains a lot. Um so 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 the malting process is kind of I mean, it's interesting. So 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 um so uh, So when you think of hops, you're thinking of that smell. 
and maybe does Hops give it that that uh, oh sharp taste? Like if you were gonna say you have a sharper beer, that would probably be something with more hops, or or more citrusy beer would be that's a hops effect. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, all those terms are subjective. I mean, sharp. I don't know. You, you like yeah, yeah that. you're right. You're right. So, most likely. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. Um. But you know, right now I'm drinking the two X IPA, and boy, getting the aroma there. It's, uh, I, I really smell that citrus. I mean, or floral. I mean, I think it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, and I taste grapefruit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's but awesome. It's like tasting the rind. Yeah. Okay. I I hear it. So it's like it's like thinking about like um, citrus rinds or something like that. Yeah. Because um, you're getting citrus, bitter citrus, and, and that's like a rind of a, of a grapefruit or orange or whatever. Yeah. Um. And then and then so the 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 uh, grain part of it is gonna be or the malt is gonna be the thing that gives it its color, gives it its um general color and flavor. F- color and flavor. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, and, um, no, you, <laughs> uh, there's so many areas we can go to, but, now, you know, the, the India Pale Ales are very hoppy, and you can get, you can get multi-India Pale Ales, but really, uh, pale, they're pale, they're supposed to be, they're supposed, they're meant to, to taste that happiness, to let that hop flavor come out, and not, and not rely so much on the malt flavor, so they're pale, you know, so, okay. uh, so that's why when I see Sam Adams got, and I'd be surprised, I don't know if I've ever tried this, a lager style India Pale. Well, you can't call it ale now, you call it India Pale Lager. Interesting. And uh, an IPL. Yeah. And, so now you know, we all are caught up I mean, and we we know what an IPL really means. So 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 it, it, does it kind of make your eyes cross? Does it make you think, Does this can this even work? Can that even work? Yeah. Doesn't that make... <laughs> I don't. I don't see why it couldn't work. I don't know. You just. It's just a lot of hops. Just put a lot of hops in the boil. And uh, well, and and India Pale Ales. There's one other thing you can do. You 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 add the hops at different times in the boil, right? Okay. Um, which I won't get too much into that, but you're adding different varieties of hops, but then you ferment it, and when the fermenting is done, they do what's called dry hopping. They just put a, like a big bag full of hops and let it sit in there. Probably like like a tea bag or something. Like that. Just okay, there. so instead of it being on, doing during the uh, some aroma, that would be mostly aroma. You get an extra kick in your damn. So, definitely the one that, like what I'm drinking, dry hopped. They must have done that. Okay, so maybe to, fin- fin- to finish this all off, I'm going to name three distinct beers. And you're going to have to describe what what since now we pretty much know the basic process of making beer. You're going to have to describe the nuances of these three different varieties. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see if we can. Yeah. All right. So first, we'll start with a a, a stout. A stout. So okay. Uh, now let me explain a stout that I uh, when I see one just just to start. So I think it a stout is dark. A stout is heavy. And it's usually tastes coffee like. 
like a roasted okay. coffee. Yep. Well, you, so you're you're going to use a lot of roasted malts, of course, and it's. Uh, but you got to remember now. The thing about one weakness with roasted malts is the sugar gets the without sh- sugar, no alcohol. Oh. Right? So yeah. you still got to put a lot of pale malt in with it. And surprisingly, you don't need a lot of dark malts to make something really dark. So they might do like, they don't even have to do half of the batch with roasted malts probably even for a stout but they, they'll do a lot they'll probably do a lot probably I don't know maybe close to half I don't know because well whatever but they gotta use so many roasted malts but then most of it's gotta be lighter malts so they get that sugar in there oh that's that's an interesting yeah. fact so okay yeah. so so it's it's really all about the so now um is a stout a lager or an ale um you know, I, I, I can't really say for sure the answer on that. And, and it could be that... I, 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 I gotta look that up. I think I, I, I remember when I when I took the Sam Adams tour, like, lagers, there was like two or three varieties under lagers, but for the most part, all the all the famous varieties of beers that you know are ales. Yeah, so I guess it's safe to think of stout as a ale, but I don't know, I, I feel like feeling lagerish in my gut. Okay. I think importers are like ale stouts and more lager, like, hmm. but, uh, but I don't know, but it could be, I, I gotta look it up, because maybe that's a style that is unique. Yeah, you were saying yourself, yeah, some, some, some people <laughs> even say that stouts are their own class. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but I, I do know uh, they are Nights and I mean they're heavy, but they they got a crispiness to them. Uh, I, I I think usually, but uh, but another thing unique with stouts is you're supposed to, to tap it with with uh, nitrogen. You're supposed to pump it with nitrogen when you serve it. When? Well, of, just uh, when you serve it, you said. Yeah, to, oh, so 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 okay. Explain the CO two process. Well, okay, first of all, uh, when, when you're letting, no, okay, yeast are living little things, and, and when they go through fermentation, they happen, uh, ethanol is like a byproduct of their, their, their making energy. So it's like an alcohol. They don't have, uh, they're oxygen deprived, and when they, and they make energy that way, they give off ethanol. Well, what's, another thing you give off, no matter how you're making energy, is CO2. So that's, so, as far back as they've been brewing, there's always a CO2 that builds up. And when you let, and, and, and in home brewing, or, or when you let your, your ale age, you, it, it's gonna, the yeast will, some of it's still alive and it keeps working, and uh, they will continue to create CO2, so they start, so that CO2 bubbles up and bubbles up while it ages. So there was always a natural carbonation in these ales and lagers, and, and uh, well, now, nowadays it's we, we've capital. We've taken these CO2 tanks and just force carbonated them, and when we serve them, we pump them out with CO2. So then, by the time you're drinking it, it's so carbonated. Um, 
I don't I don't think you know back in the day before you had CO two tanks. I, I don't think you're going to get something so carbonated like that. But it but it would have natural carbonation. Okay, so anyway, I, I'm going through all that just to say that. Okay, so with stouts, you don't want them so carbonated. They're not meant to be drinking so carbonated. So you pump them out with nitrogen, and nitrogen escapes really quick, uh. leaving leaving that stout more flat tasting. So that's a classic Guinness thing. Yeah, so you got a Guinness, and, and if, if any of you have ever seen Guinness poured in the bar, you, you, you know how fun it is just to watch it, watch those bubbles bubble up like sand. Yeah, they're and so it's, small. It's unique because it's nitrogen. That's the way nitrogen bubbles. That's interesting. So, um... So with with the carbonation, so so with a, with a bitter beer like they have in uh, England and stuff, the the beer that's basically got hardly it doesn't seem like it's carbonated. Is that more of a natural beer? Yes. Or, or if you go to now, you remember going to the Old Toad in Rochester? Oh yeah. They uh, they they they're, they're very they're a bar and they try to be very English and um. But they'll they'll have feature an ale on cast condition ale or cast condition ale, and and I, I I understand in England they'll do that where they they uh, well they put it in like a wooden cask and then they they uh, hand pump it out so it's not being pumped with CO two and then they're uh, and they're serving it like uh, the room temperature type. Wow! So they're doing it the way they uh, it would have been done. I, I, I remember and, and so then it tastes flat so I, so you had a bitter yeah yeah that's all I had in London it tasted flat flattish when I was in London yeah it, it basically tasted like there was no carbonation in it and I loved it after a while I mean it basically you know how, how carbonation will kind of burn the back of your throat if you have too much yeah and, and, and with those bitters I mean you could you could I mean, not that. I mean, I don't think that it was meant to be slammed, but I mean, you could really swallow it down, and it was just it just you felt. You can so, down them. Yeah, you can down them. Yeah, I really want to drink that way. I know, but uh, but yeah, and and I mean, there is natural carbonation in that, but yeah, you so you know firsthand then how it's nothing compared to what we're when we pump it up artificially. Exactly. CO two. So so now um, so now that brings me to thinking about the second beer. I'd like you to to explain the brewing process. Um, to Ooh, give, yeah, number two, number three, uh, number two will be a Belgian, a Belgian like like uh, let's let's go for it's a reference for most people would know would be uh, a Blue Moon. You said Blue Moon. Yeah. Okay. We... I, I think blue moons are like a, a wit. I'm thinking like a Belgian wit, or, or you know, like a white wheat. Okay. It, it seems like yeah, Belgians. I, I don't get into too much, but it seems like they're they really the Belgian styles. You uh, utilize wheat a lot. Okay. They do, they do these light wheat ales. But they seem to get really high in the alcohol content. Hmm. And uh, maybe 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 there's a lot of sugar in whatever barley they use or whatever grain they use. Yeah, and uh, so 
Yeah, so the white wheat, it must be a type of wheat that, uh, I don't know, it's a white, whiter colored wheat, I don't know. But uh, I guess that's what the, well, there's regular blue moon, but they've got all these different. Full moon and uh, harvest moon, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, uh, the Belgian. So, so basically, it, it they they use like a, a different type of um, of ingredient for for the for the malt, and uh, and they tend tend to have a lot of high alcohol content. Um, and you said wheat. Don't they tend to be kind of uh, like you can't see through them? You know, they're cloudy. Oh, they tend to be cloudy. Yeah, right. I yeah, I, I yeah, I think the blue moons are, and I I would think that's just because they don't see. Uh, most beers we drink now, they'll filter after they're done ferment, fermenting, and I think they let them age after they ferment, and and then they'll filter them really well. They'll put them through a strong filtration so that they're clear, clear. Yeah, when you see them in a glass, so. If you just skip that filtration process, so you don't filter it quite as finely, uh, you'll get something cloudy. And and maybe yeah, for a good Belgian ale, it, it's good just to have it unfiltered. So I, I you can see. Oh, that's a, back to the cast condition. Um, that's another thing they'll do. They they'll serve those unfiltered because that's more like the old way of drinking. Okay. So so um so it's kind of funny. Like like. With having your know-how of beer, even if you don't know the exact recipe of a beer, you can pretty much look at it and kind of get a, get a guess of what's in it. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, and you can smell it. And then one other thing about Belgians is they tend to have spices, right? What? What? Right? Isn't that part of it? They tend to have what now? Spices. 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 All <laughs> oh, spices. <laughs> Well, you were with Marshall and I at the Omegon, remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, they'll they'll do things like orange peels and yeah, some type of spice like coriander. Uh, yeah, I think Belgians they they'll do that kind of they'll work with the spices and stuff. Where like in Germany, they would be mad that you did that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but it's pretty cool. It's it's neat to have beer spiced up a little. All right, so so we're starting to get a little picture here. Germans like the cold lagers, um, and and uh, Belgians like the uh, I don't I don't know Belg- Belgians like the spices and 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 uh, yeah, they like their spiced up wheat. Yeah, yeah, spiced up wheat. That's that's interesting. So so um, so that's so there, you got your two classes: stout and a Belgian. Now um, he mentioned Omegang. Uh, any of you out there, if you ever want to have a good Belgian, get an Omegang. They're starting to get pretty pretty easy to get uh, uh, at, at a decent uh, uh, grocery store. You might find an Omegang Belgian. Uh, try any of them; they'll be great. Uh, but just it's just a totally different beer experience. Uh, the Belgian brewed in New York, brewed in New York, brewed in Cooperstown, the 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 um, baseball Hall of Fame place. And I hear they're uh, they just got bought out by. A Belgian company, Duvel, so they're, right? They're Belgian owned. Yeah, Belgian owned, and, and they, probably because they were that good. Yeah, that, I mean, if Belgians are buying it, buying that company, boy, they must do, be doing it right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so then one more type of beer. Let's let's go with our classic 
uh, Budweiser. Oh, actually, we kind of we kind of talked about that. Budweiser is just basically a lager, right? Yeah, it's just a really light lager. Okay, let's let's do something. Budweiser. <laughs> Let let's do an um an India Pale Ale. Why is it called an India Pale Ale as well? Oh, there's something we can talk about. So, India Pale Ale. So, um, oh, and that's the, well, one thing I forgot to mention about hops. Um, so, let's uh, go back to the 1700s. Um, at some point in the mid 1700s, uh, England. While well, they're expanding their empire, and they go out into India, and well, to get to India, they had to sail down uh, around the Cape of Africa, and that's from England to India. Then it's like a six-month journey, and uh, your typical ale is gonna—I I think it keep it cool enough and in the dark and and cask, they they could. It might make it close to six months, but it's not going to last longer than six months. So, so they, the England has a dilemma. They they got to get those troops. They got to get ale to those troops. Got to got to have their ale. I mean, that's that's a big that that's <laughs> like your your three meals from a revolution. You're probably you know. You're probably one keg away, or, or no beer, or, you know, probably a week away from a, a revolution as well. Yeah. I, I, well, you're, you're talking in the 1700s, I mean, that, those are the time where the water's getting a little bit. Well, especially, I mean, you go on, you got these troops in India, and they, they probably don't want to drink water there, and they probably don't have good water with them, and so they need something else. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, enough of that, but. So, so it has to last long. I don't know the name. Um, and England realizes he could take a pale ale. He realized the more hops he added, the longer the ales were lasting. And it turns out hops are a natural preservative. <laughs> so he just starts loading these ales with hops and, and to the point where they would last longer than six months and they would get over to India and still be good. And so they named them the India Pale Ale. So, uh, so now we still have India Pale Ale. And it, it seems like India Pale Ales are like the craze, and and so basically it's a, just a super hoppy ale. Yeah, and it's not like people. It's really the that hop taste is not something people are born loving. It, it's a real acquired taste. So I don't think it was really till they ha- were forced to make them this way that people started, they had to get used to it, and then they started liking it. It's interesting. It's, it's so now, we've got people who just like it, and uh, so, and if it, it's like, it's like having coffee. Sure, it's something. It's like having a coffee or having an espresso, right? Or would you, would you? It's like like having a coffee or having an espresso. You know, it's like like it's just two different forms, and like like an espresso is like you know just just a more extreme form of it. Sure. Yeah, and uh, and I and I've been thinking lately how India pale ales are meant to not be so malty. It's supposed to be light, but uh, but just really happy, and that hops with hops. Uh, are are like 
the hot flavor is what's being um, put being put in the spotlight. You're not, you're not really tasting them all so much. But then different microbreweries are coming out with so many crazy things. So nowadays you'll see like a real red IPA. So it's real malty with darker malts. And so you're not tasting those. There are a lot of hops in it, but you're not tasting them as much because there's a lot of malt flavor. Interesting. And, and until the, you get to the point where they're coming out with these black IPAs. So, I mean, what's what's the point uh, anymore? If you're not going to taste the hops, what's the point of putting so many hops in it? Yeah, so, I, I mean, these things, these different things they're doing are, uh, are great, I guess. But Maybe they're yeah, a little I bit started, gimmicks. Recently, I started thinking, well, you know, maybe they just want a hardcore white IPA that and I can really taste the hops. And that's why it was neat to see this India Pale Lager, because that's a lager style makes it even lighter and crisper. Yeah, and yeah. So, uh, on a real hot day, get the frosty mug out, pour that in, and you can just drink it really cold, and it, and it works. You know, I might go to Wegmans tomorrow. I'm going to look for that. Did I get... So, I, I, yeah, it worked. I worked you over into it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. India Pale Lager. Yeah, India Pale, an IPL. That's awesome. And all these things are done with IPAs, and nobody ever did the IPL, or at least I haven't seen it until now. Okay. Um, so that that is, I mean, I feel like I've been educated. I feel like now I don't think I'll ever forget it now. I, I, I got it broken down to, to a Joel level. And uh, so now, yeah. Um, so now let's let's move on. Uh, moving on to like the finish here. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing, and we we had discussed drinking songs uh, the last time I had seen you, and I, I thought that was really compelling. I I, I like the idea of drinking songs. Yeah, I guess you would. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, well, I, I was going through a phase. I, I wanted to learn drinking songs and. Uh, I know I've sort of gotten got out of it recently, but, but anyway, but I, I could talk about it. Because we get together, we're all musical, us brothers, our whole family, and we we usually like you guys like to get the guitars out and do stuff. And I just thought I just like the idea of people sitting around and with beers and just all. You could just all sing songs you all know in unison. Yeah, and and even it's if it's like we're not doing, it's not like we're, I know it's a little corny, I guess. It's not like we're doing. Uh, it's not like we're not doing music together. It's just it'd be neat if we were all on the, in sync on the same page and we just had traditional. Yeah, yeah, just maybe just one one or two songs, right? Oh, uh, what's that? I mean, just just get to know one or two songs really well, you know. Yeah, maybe that's all it's got to be. Just start with a couple. Yeah. So, so do you remember any like one or two? Like, there was there was one that I remember. I knew that I that I I it made sense as a drinking song. Do do you remember it? Did you say it? Uh, well, what we no, I, I I didn't say the name, but I I was trying to remember like if anything came to mind to you right away. Oh. uh like a drinking song that I know yeah well I 
that's probably not gonna be the one you're thinking of. Like, I just gonna get that Jerusalem sign on my head. I just slow it down. Which one? It's called Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. That remember I was telling David knew it. You know that's that's the name. Well, um, do you know the melody a little bit? Yeah. Could you sing the melody a little bit? I could do it with the words. Okay. And did those feet? Uh, wait, hold on. And did those feet upon? Wait. <laughs> upon the shore. <laughs> and did these? I don't know, I'm missing somewhere. Well, whatever. And did these feet? Walk upon England's mountains green. Na, 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 leave them of God. Na, 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 Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I I love that idea, and I, I'm gonna next podcast. I'm gonna do a little little work, and I'm gonna actually, you know, I'm doing this podcast backwards. So, so I'm gonna have the the part that's just me. I'm gonna record that later. So, um, I think I'm gonna find oh. I'm gonna find a drinking song, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sing it. So you're gonna. I'm gonna try to. Sing a yeah, I'm gonna try to get everyone to 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 learn one. Yeah, and I just I I, I just look for songs that just would sound good. A bunch of guys, not to be partial to men, say that, but it just seems like guys in a bar are singing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, like I don't know if Jerusalem's meant to be that, but that it just would sound good, I think. And uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so I just saw the different songs like that. So I, I don't know if you'll find them and they're actually called drinking songs or what. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's there's some easy ones that come to mind, like uh, 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 early in the morning. Hold oh, oh, on, oh, she rises. Early in the morning. Yeah, or you could do like uh, there's whiskey in the jar. <laughs> uh, whack now, Dario. Whack now, Dario. There's whiskey in the jar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or um, uh, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 99 bottles of beer. Take one down and pass it around. 98 bottles yeah. of beer on the wall. Although man, that, that it's just so that, that one's so shallow. Yeah, that, that one's annoying. I, I I know. I just I'm just trying to find something. <laughs> it's like they got into some like they can be deep. It's just yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, I mean, I also kind of explained that like um, part part of what uh, uh, we we thought of was was the Lord of the Rings. You know when they had the t- time at the prancing pony, and they started singing. There is an end, an old gray end within an old gray hill, and in the humble bum 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 dum da 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 dum da dum dum da 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 dum. 
Do you remember how that went? And they did that on the cartoon version. Yeah, yeah. They put. They basically, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien would make like lyrics, and and then he would. He, yeah, the lyrics are in the book. And then and then you make and, up your tune, pretty much. Yeah, I know about the well, most of them. There is an in the merry old and beneath an old gray hill, and there they brew the beer so brown. The man in the moon himself came down one night to drink his fill. Exactly. And uh, awesome. There goes that. They have some sort of bridge in the cartoon, but they don't. The words don't really work for it. Yeah, but it, that'd be neat, a neat one to just do. It'd be like our own thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I you know, I mean, and, and it's totally great. You know, and, and really, all that exists is that like one cartoon production of of J.R.R. Tolkien of the Lord of the Rings. I know that it was. It, there were a lot of great little things in there. Uh, and you know, I think Sean. I must have been talking this about Sean, and he gave me the idea. Well, you, the Hobbit movie is out, you know. Yeah. And you've seen it, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 long, and it's but I I was a little I, I was a little weird about it being long. Their, uh, I I don't I don't remember because I saw it only once. But I I I just the one thing. I mean, my opinion on it, like, is that it was long, but. It was good. It was long, and I thought, okay, and and there's two more movies. Like there was part of me that was like, okay, what what the heck? But then then after I saw it, I was like, you know what? I like it. I totally like just stretching it out. It could almost have been like a mini series. Yeah. Well, but um, but they do that when the doors are there. They do their song, Beyond the Mountains. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I think so. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. And there's so many. They only do like, they cut it down to like three verses in a movie. But they're, like, if you look in the book, there's like verse after verse. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to check in on that. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll try that one. Um, okay. Uh, then, last but not least, let's play our game. You ready? Oh, oh, darn! I thought maybe you decided not to. No, that's okay. <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right, all right. So, um, here we go. So the the uh thing. So you're gonna get 15 seconds. So I'm gonna say a word, give you 15 seconds, and you're gonna. I'm gonna say stop. You tell me where you're at, and then and then you're gonna explain the past the way. Okay. Okay. Apple. Oh. No, no. no. <laughs> I'll 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 tell you a new one. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get something really random. I'm trying to get beer out of my head. I was gonna say beer, but I'm like, no, that's dumb. Uh, uh, pen. Okay. Stop. Man, I just can't get my thoughts to flow, but I think I ended up on eating scrambled eggs. And it's not really... Scrambled eggs. So you... Sorry, I didn't get far away from it enough. I'm sorry. But, well, that, that's um, fine. So so you went from pen to scrambled eggs. Now, uh, uh, how did you get there? Well, it, I went from pen immediately to our father. Pen? Believe it or not. Okay, why? Wait, are you... Did you say hen or pen? I said pen, but hen hen's fine. Oh, let's go with oh, go, shit. 
Let's go with hen. Just keep, just go. Well, I heard hen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it made you think of dad. Right to dad. Yeah, dad. Our dad's a big chicken and lover. And I was getting these flips. Like my thoughts are working, and like from one thought to another, I just get like I go to the dad, all right. And you and got I get st- these explosions of different thoughts coming at once. So you got and, stuck, uh, stuck on. Uh, I get this image of a uh, rooster pecking me when I was little. I don't. It's just a faint memory, and I'm yeah. He had roosters that could be pretty aggressive, and I I must have been attacked once because I kind of had this memory. And then uh, then I'm like, I don't know. My thoughts wanted to go somewhere, but I'm like, wait a minute. Something. I'm like, okay, eggs. There's eggs. Oh, you know, I. I didn't have enough time to explain on that Then I went to scrambled eggs, but I think it's because I was talking about, I was having a discussion at work the other day about eggs, and uh, we were, I, I was thinking about the, in Vietnam, how they, and the, the, the culture, they, there's a traditional rotting the egg underground and then eating it. That's some dish they have. Okay, cool. Um, maybe that's, I guess that's where I was going, but I, yeah, I got stuck on, like, scrambled eggs or something. Well, that's awesome. So, so like, you know, 15, 15 seconds, isn't it crazy how much you can think of in 15 seconds? You can think so much, so little. See, that's part of, like, like if you listen back to some of the uh, early episodes, Sarah and I especially, we get to this thing, I actually call the podcast now Finding the Flow. And uh, the the idea is the flow of the brain. The kind there's like this this part. And Sarah called. We were kind of honing on it being like the spiritual um, aspect. It's like this part where you're not thinking, but you're just kind of like you're not being conscious. You're not like you know that 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 part of thinking. The kind of that it's hard hard to explain. You turn that off. The part that 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 keeps track of stuff, and then you get kind of lost into like that kind of dreamlike state where where you just get into a flow of of just not thinking but just doing, and so your brain works like a lot faster than than your than how you can process it, you know, and so things can happen yeah. a million times faster, like in your head before you can process it and so it's like it's kind of like deja vu or it's kind of like um like uh, it's just it's just funny because the the brain works so much faster that and 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 so and so if you just let yourself kind of be taken over by that it's kind of like being being able to to let yourself become taken over by the kind of spirit you know yeah i was i was tracking it and trying to process it and it wasn't that's why I wasn't moving too well. Yeah, yeah, but, and, ma- uh, and maybe it just had to be freed up. Man, you, you and Sarah just went on and on. Yeah. And I listened to it pretty much on and off. Well, I, I mean, I couldn't sit there the whole time. I mean, I had to go and do stuff. And, oh yeah, yeah. You but, see, uh, these things are really meant. They're they all ha- they're all downloadable. Um, and and really, what they're meant to be is to put on like. Uh, like on an MP3 player and played in your headphones while you're exercising or like while while you're going on a car ride, or, <laughs> nice. or or when when you're cooking or something or doing chores. Exercise, chore. but uh, exercise is funny. Like, like oh, get on me, and Sarah, like, uh, 
Um, but, but yeah, it's like this, like this uh, inner spiritual, like we're evolving. And I mean, it'd be just so funny to work out to it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a pre- no. It was a pretty nutty, nutty conversation. But it was also, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I, I was having a hard time keeping up with it. But it was, but I mean, I, I'm not having a hard time. I was totally like, totally up with it. But I also, also knew like we were totally like going down like a rabbit hole. And, uh, but it was also really good. I mean, I thought it was really inspired, and we were we were loving it and all. And I I I, I enjoyed that a lot. And and then Dri- I, driving, yeah, I'm listening while you drive, it, it, it's pretty good stuff. But uh, no, you did pretty well. You did pretty well with it. And uh, but that's how it goes when you talk to Sarah. It's always going to end up there because that's where she's at. Yeah, and no, it's kind of... I don't think she's really uh, satisfied with just, the, you know, the reality we all kind of take as here and now. Yeah, uh, so, it, it's yeah, also kind of, I mean, it's... it's she wants to look the beyond. It's kind of it's kind of funny because I I also mentioned that like you know like it kind of sounded like kind of like a like a druggy kind of conversation in some ways like 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 some people had mentioned that and I I thought you know it's kind of funny because Sarah never really does drugs you know I mean she she drink she drinks but people actually said that like it was a druggy kind of conversation yeah yeah and I I was kind of like um, thinking you know I think it's more kind of. I mean, there, there, there is kind of, but there's a lot of logic in the way we were talking. There's a lot of like kind of process, and and so I think that's what also kind of entails or takes Sarah away, you know, and 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 yeah. like and us too, you I know. I don't even think we need drugs to talk like that. I see. I mean, I think it's it's kind of no. a, a stereotype. I think, uh, you know, thanks to whoever they were, it's kind of ignorant to say that drug talk, but. Uh, it's just you're just getting deep, and you're just uh, you're just going there, and you're not holding back. Yeah. Uh, and people just get. I think people just get afraid to go there. Yeah, totally. Because because uh, you can you can just go into depression thinking about it, I guess, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Uh, like like you're saying, like a depression a- afterwards. Well, I think. Well, you get into deep thinking, and when you're thinking about uh, eternity or um, beyond death, beyond this life, um, there's the you definitely have the potential to go into depressing type thoughts because, and uh, you know, Sarah has a, a very positive view of it, but not everybody does, and you might just start going into a dark place. Um, I, when you start, when you start, that's get, just my idea. I think that's when you get too heady. Those types of deep subjects, because I think they're afraid that, well, you know, I, I die and then that's it. I really don't want to think about that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, it's heady. I mean, it, it's like so so like if you get too down, I mean, like like rabbit rabbit holes can go a lot of different places, and uh, and if it gets too too heavy in a bad place, you know, if it get if your mind goes too far down a bad place, it can really go bad. Like like we were talking about bad, like like they were talking about um, of of 
DMT tripping with like like shamanistic and and like they some people would really put themselves in a bad place if they ever were on drugs they would just go to a really dark place but then other people might be able to ride it and become like a like like and have a very positive optimistic place. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just going. Yeah, well, it's going down if the rack. Drugs like your acid trips can be can go real well or really bad. Right? Yeah, they and I'm. I'm get, I don't do that. Yeah, and I don't either. And it's a funny thing. I mean, like, like, like. I don't know. Yeah, it, I guess it is just a stereotype to be able to think the only way to get into your head is to be be on on drugs. You know, it's. I mean, you. I I think that it might be. Some, I mean, I think that we share a lot of us. I mean, the, you know, at least it's a Franklin thing that we go there a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about it, too. Uh, yeah, what, what is it about us and the way we grew up? Why why do we get into these discussions? I, don't um, I, I, I just can't figure out why. You know, I, mean, I, I feel like I, I, I feel like we had. Uh, I mean, most of my life I've felt I've been I've looked at our, our upbringing as in a, in a optimistic way but I, I've started to realize just how uh, unhealthy it was and uh, just don't I don't know where it that I mean is it something that both mom and dad uh, have passed on that ability is just part of it is being intellectual and being intelligent enough to think of things and but then just to just to um, wonder what's out there and be curious and discuss it <clears throat> yeah I and think I'm not sure where that comes from I think we I think everybody does that yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think I think it, it comes from dad. I think I mean dad, dad, dad was the you know always kind of push like like obviously like like I said the one time and I mentioned it on this before. It's like dad ha, you know has said himself that he thinks he has Asperger's, and it's kind of interesting because you know I mean it's basically like a social disease. It's a play. It's like you just don't have the filters for certain things, and and so he just doesn't know. Like he he's so into his head that he doesn't realize that you're not there with him. You know what I mean? So you're not there. You're not the same place that he is, and he talks to you as if. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so and so like we were all raised by him, in a, in a way, or we were highly influenced by him. I mean, he wasn't around that much, you know. But but we we were technically raised by him, and and uh, he he uh, he. Yeah, he def. He, it was like we had. We are not autistic, but we had an autistic dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I know. I, I, like, I, I feel like I have autistic tendencies, and I don't know how much of that is genetic and how much of that is just because you have an autistic father. Well, high functioning autistic, which is, yeah, Asperger's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and considering that, he's really, it's amazing how social and outgoing he tries to be. He works so hard at it. Yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of do it. Think about mom. Where does mom come in? Yeah, you know, she's very. She really is. Uh, um, Part of it. She really is an intelligent person, and 
uh, I mean, yeah, she's sort of cut herself down, and but she's uh, uh, I, I've thought about like what makes somebody like an intellectual, um, but I think mom is one, and but she's real, she's soft spoken. Yeah, I mean, I I don't say mom's not an intellectual. I think we get the heady from from dad, but I but we don't. Well, we definitely have mom's side, and I think where I get mom's side, where I find it, or where I've I've kind of um, looked into myself and I I describe it that way, is uh, with the kind of um, uh, it's, it's actually the thing that kind of makes me creative. It's that it's that the pain, the kind of depression. Uh, uh, getting too much into my head in like a social way. It's like the ex- actually almost the exact opposite of dad, which I pro- I don't think gets too much in his head about the social stuff because he- he's just oblivious to it. You know, I mean, and it's not like, you know, I mean, I I'm not I don't feel sad for him or anything. I mean, I it's just I mean, and and it's not even that really bad. But but with mom, she's thinking of nothing but that, you know, nothing but like, what are they thinking of me? What are they thinking? Uh, what am I thinking that they're thinking? And in, in a constant loop of of being like too oversensitive, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, uh, I, I mean, I've thought about that, but in in that exact way. Um, yeah, I think you had a good point. So, so we have uh, like this. Comp- I, I definitely thought mom, the emotional, had yeah, the more uh, logical, like. But uh, yeah, when you think of emotional, it's it's sort of is about you're thinking. It, it, you could think of it social, social emotional, and, and uh, mom's very highly social highly aware of the social emotional connections and uh, yeah and dad lacks there uh, he they're, they're both so I guess what you could say is they're both very intelligent in their own ways yeah yeah and, that, and it's almost like and yet they're almost like opposites Yeah, very so so different, so extremely. Yeah, it's almost opposite. Yeah, isn't that something? So no wonder it's like we got such a we have like dysfunctional family. Well, they say opposites attract. Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily true. It's good to be. It's good to have some differences. But I think you need some common ground. You need some things that bring you together. Yeah, I mean, um, you heard. I don't you, think you can just be totally different people. I, I don't think it works. We were talking about uh, Sarah. Sarah and I were talking about kind of the yin yang thing, and and like coming more towards the center, and that there's always polarities. There's like the male female. That the, there's always this dualism, and uh, and that maybe yeah, maybe maybe and, that. Uh, and and your Sarah talked about how you can get the whole spectrum of colors. Yeah, exactly. And you get to the gray area. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thought. And so maybe dad and mom just weren't able to to to, to penetrate that. Maybe they they never put the work. Maybe they maybe they they had kids so fast that they never even thought 
like they just it was just a whirlwind. Um, you know, well, perhaps uh, when you have op- extreme opposites like that, you know, the potential is amazing. But uh, to get to your full potential is a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's our struggle because we all have that inside of us. We have mom and dad inside of us so strongly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and we'll go to both places. Like, like we could be within the same few moments. Like, we could go to the place of, like, extreme, like, like creative or, or heady places and then go to ex- places of extreme um, uh, uh, self-conscious depression. Or maybe that's more so for what, me. Now, when you say the heady places, what exactly? Heady places like H E A D, heady, like like places that Dad goes, like places where you're just. Con- you're, oh, oh, you're saying heady. Oh, it, yeah, philosophy. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying heavy. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so Dad's a he- yeah inside, like internal. You're internally. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. but like you're always really kind of far down. Yeah, and always kind of philosophical and always kind of logical and whatnot. Uh, and then, and then, mom. Wow. So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Do you feel that, like, like, yeah, you know, you know, it's interesting. Like, we just naturally can go into our head and and follow a thought so deep and go so deep into, it. and uh, and you know, it. I, I realized, like, I remember being like in a college course, in a philosophy course. Yeah. I realized. uh we'd be getting into these discussions that go so deep and it was like for me it's like oh this is what I do a lot and I could I, I, I started to, that's when I started to realize some, there's people with these other students who just get uh, uh, irritated and bothered and when, when they get into these discussions they just have trouble with this stuff yeah, isn't that funny? And and then it just it, to us it like it like fuels the flame. For us, it's just like give me more, give me more. Yeah, it, it's nothing to me. And like, yeah. And then I real, and then I took, and then I did the humanities class, and uh, and this teacher would just uh, like uh, tell tell the whole class who got the highest grade on the test and stuff. And I realized, and that showed me that, oh, I'm one of the top students in this course. Like, everybody struggles with it. And you probably, har- hardly, probably effortlessly, right? Well, I mean, you've got to, you know, even like a, a Mozart would have to put some effort to learn the stuff he... But it comes I mean, natural. I effort if you aren't good. But, I mean, like, most of me in these classes I had to work at, but... but but you're a natural. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah. I I relate there too. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, if, if I mean, if you hear that, I mean, that's all. I'm, I'm all about it. I mean, we basically come from a very similar place, you know. And Sarah does too. I mean, it was, it's just, just, you know, I mean, get us all together in a room and just, just let us go off. Uh, and, and the other thing is that it, it gets almost combative or. Because cause everyone wants to say what they want to say, you know what I mean? Like, like okay, but my turn, my turn, you know, and it's just, it's 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 ridiculous because we just spew, spew, spew. I, I remember uh, Chris, Chris, who's one of the four people doing the podcast, he, he, um, 
he kind of like he was he was at my bachelor party and and it was basically all of us marshall and chris and uh and josh our cousin and yeah we oh. just we just were being manic crazy franklins you know just just shouting and and talking over and like people aren't used to that you know people aren't used to how raucous we are how, how raucous yeah <laughs> wait so so that you mean just the energy and how social we are well, the energy, us, like, like the culture we have, we, we're all of us, you know, have our own little culture because we are all lived together so long and, uh, you know, and all the kids, all seven kids and, um, and we, yeah, we lived together so long and so we have our own little culture and so like, like we're used to it whereas most people would not be able to sh- keep shouting at each other. Like, I mean, when we talk, we, we have a lot of like, like, like very, it's kind of like very aggressive sort of speaking. Like, like we're, we're, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just talk, 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 you know, just excited about whatever we're doing or, or excited about the conversation. Like, and, and we're, it's just, just like, it's very, very high energy. Yeah. With, with us and conversation, you know. Yeah. Cause then the, the mom part comes in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I did want, I, I did listen to your first podcast most, for the most part. Yep. And man, you were so. You really showed how much you care about Chris. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the interview? It's almost hilarious sometimes, though. But you're like. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us off that. Well, topic, no, no, no. That, that that's on. fine. I mean, but, um, I, we're but, we're we're pretty getting pretty close to the end here. But I, I, I what I. Um, well, we've been talking a long freaking time, man. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean. Um, but, but Chris, yeah, like. Well, you're saying, yeah, Chris, he's moving out to, he's moved up to California, and he's doing this, uh, he's doing something about acting, or he's instructing, and you're like, no, I don't even know what he's doing, I guess I'm not really a good friend, that was <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Then he talked about two, two fans, two, the, your yeah. Big fan. So so yeah, you gotta. I mean, so basically, it's hard to understand half the stuff I'm talking about because there's three other podcasts going. So basically, Chris was the first one to make one, and uh, and then when he made one, I immediately like was inspired and made my own to as in a, like a reply to him, and then all of a sudden that inspired Scott, the one of our fans, <laughs> and uh, and friend of course. It's just it's basically a circle of friends. And and uh, and Dan, another another friend, and uh, they were the only guys that listened to our other podcast that we made a long time ago. That I think you might have heard once once in a long time ago. Butt sex, yeah, yeah, you remember. And 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 yeah, and so and so I was kind of a lot of what I was talking about was in reply to his podcast and then now it's bloomed to a whole bunch of them and I've been making two a week and and uh and they've been all making like one a week and uh and I've just been so excited about it and and uh, I mean obviously I'm kind of doing things that are pretty much for me you know like these conversations but yeah I'm trying to kind of uh veer it towards so I I've, I've been um, kind of figuring it out and 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 it, and it's fun and and uh and really it's meant to like i'm kind of start archiving these and and like and you just go through them and listen to the ones you want you know like like this one's going to be about beer you want to learn about beer sure if you have no interest in beer or, or rush then then maybe you want to listen to us uh a a beer or rush 
Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, maybe you want to listen to a conversation about um, uh, about uh, uh, you know nitrites, like Sarah, my 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 wife Sarah, you know, uh, about chemicals and farm, and or or maybe you want to talk about what Sean talked about the military. Uh, or, or maybe you want to talk about what Sarah talked about philosophy and, and, um, and spiritualness. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess what I gotta do is get into that SoundCloud thing and, and then I can comment on stuff. But, yeah. Um, sure. Well, yeah. Another part I cracked up. So you, yeah, I so tell your two fans, Scott and what's the other name? Dan. Dan. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. You, you did something where you, you had to think about the one name, and then like, oh, I had two fans, and I almost forgot the name. Oh. Or something like that, and that that was pretty funny. And yeah. then I well, I had to skip forward a little bit yeah, yeah. toward the end, uh-huh. and I get to the spot where you're talking about, you're talking about something like, uh, so there's only one person in the whole world just listening <laughs> out there. Maybe it's... Maybe it's you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that just cracked me up. It was like, wow, he's still talking about Chris at the end of this. Well, well, uh, see, see, it's almost like four podcasts and one makes it one podcast. I mean, it's 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 so much. There's so much context with all that. But then again, I'm trying well, to make so my. You got, you're saying if I listen, if you listen to the other three guys' podcasts. You get to more context. Yeah, you get more context of the back and forth. Oh, okay, all right. But so you I do, mean, you do this to each other. Yeah. So, so basically, that that first one, I mean, um, is kind of, like it was basically me deconstructing everything and like uh, going through like okay, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm trying to figure out, but like doing it all the process while being recorded, and uh, and and so like basically. Yes, I'm replying to Chris, but also there's an element of me that's starting to 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 make my own thing, you know, and that especially has to do with like the interviews and like sort of subjects I like to talk about. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to interview like people I can easily get, like my family, and and it's fun because like like I never really get a chance, and it's, you know I don't make a point of calling too much, and and it's it like kind of gets me motivated to do that, and and we talk about things that we might not focus on that much, and and it gets it focused, it gets the conversation focused, and so it's fun. What comes out of it is 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 you know little gems here and there, and uh, and then also you know I'll get. Like like I had an Amish guy I interviewed. You know, I'll try to find interesting people to interview, and and little by little, by the time I get through the cycle of it, I could start. I could go back to interviewing Sarah again, and we'll have just to have another long conversation. Because I mean, we we talked about beer and and Rush and uh, and drinking songs, but I mean, we we barely scratched the surface of things we could talk about. Like like we're already going to this that that's already been a good like half hour or what? Well, not quite, but fifteen minutes of just some something else. You know, talking about mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. You can just go on. Huh? Yeah, it's funny how you, you do this. It's like you make it an interview, and then it becomes a, you can just talk about so much, and you plan it out. Where if it's just a spontaneous phone call, you want to talk about stuff, and you but but you got to go. You don't have a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but but yeah, it, it it is pretty. It really is neat what you end up doing, where you could we talk about stuff, and then. Uh, um, and then you got something you can store, and uh, perhaps our descendants one day 
could listen to it. Yeah, it's like it's like a journal, you know. Um, and uh, and and it's a journal of conversation. It's like I mean, it, it's even better because a journal is like a kind of more of a singular, you know, one person, and whereas a uh, a conversation, it's it's like a totally different dynamic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you bounce off each other. You you have other little facts that you might know. You, whatever, but but yeah, it, it's fun. Um, so so yeah. I mean, so are the other siblings ever gonna do some stuff with you? Well, Sean and Sarah and you. I mean, so so the next is Dave. I'm, I'm I I'd already told him. I have you talked to him? I already told him like you're next. You know, and he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but well, I. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I was. You know, I was nervous. Yeah. It's weird. Waiting for the call, getting nervous. I yeah no, I mean I yeah I mean it, it does it does kind of make it a little bit of official feel. But this is I like like this is the other thing I've been kind of trying to to spread the word about podcast. This is what it's all about. It's 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 a different format. Like it's not it's not really like radio. It's like really it's the freedom for someone to basically do whatever they want and record it. And then if someone wants to listen to it, like it's surprising, like, cause basically I get to put my headphones on at work for like 12 hours a day. And so I'll listen to podcasts like this only it's like, um, famous people, you know, uh, like, like comedians and, and, and musicians and actors, like they'll make these and then they'll just, they'll talk and you listen to them talking, you know, and they'll have guests that are famous, you know, and they'll, they'll just talk like this, like, like, um, they'll have a, like, uh, someone like, um, Zach Galifianakis shows up in them a lot. Uh, someone you might know, you know. Uh, I, I mean, and and then you get to know about the whole community of creative people. I mean, it, it's it's really a fun thing. And and there's hours and hours, and everyone has a podcast now, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, well, and I know I I'm, I think you, you know you may have a career here that's going to take off. Maybe and, James. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it already is. I think. Yeah. And uh, who knows? I, and uh, you know, I guess I'm. I guess I'm famous enough to be on it. Because you're uh, my brother. Huh. But uh, yeah, it's great things are going to happen here. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, don't don't get. Uh, don't. Sorry, I got a little. Well overboard there. Yeah, don't get too overboard. Let, let's not it. let's not counter eggs before they're hatched, or counter yeah. counter chicks. That's, that's exactly right. All right, all right. So, um, I guess I guess uh, that's that's it. Um, so so I, I'm I think you've had a good experience. Um, this will probably show up online in a couple days. Uh, I think I'm going to start a little Facebook uh, message thing. That's what we got going on with the other guys. And I think I'm going to start one with like um, maybe some of the people that have been in the podcast, some of the people that might want to want to listen to it, like like maybe Todd or Dave or or uh, or may, mostly now like family members might like to to listen to it. Uh, uh, I think Sarah Sarah and Sean both had a fun time. Um, so, and and it sounds like uh, you had a good time. Well, I have to tell you, I. Uh... Um, I think I may be, I, I mean, I, I can't say I am right now. I think I'm becoming a fan. I mean, I don't want to count my, wait, what was the saying? Count, count, the count your chicks. Or, yeah, count your chicks before the hatch. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> don't count your fans before the hatch. 
<laughs> but um, I think I'm, I mean, I'm in my egg. And I think I'm going to hatch. But it, you've got to give it time. I mean, I just started. I totally understand. So, so like I said, this is, I mean, some of these podcasts like uh, go for hours and I mean, I, I'm trying to keep it shorter, but, but then again, I'm also starting to have this kind of, I'm giving up on that. I I think I'm going to start having this kind of format where it's going to start off kind of more like stuff, stuff for like this, the group that we've been doing, this kind of reply stuff is going to be towards the beginning. And then as we get farther into the podcast, it's going to be more for me. And so like, for instance, if you get to the interview and you're like, okay, I, I had, I had a fun time listening to all the replies, but I don't really want to listen to the interview. I, I, I don't have the time. I'm not that interested. Then you just don't listen to it. And it's no big deal. Uh, but like, for instance, you might, would probably be more interested in listening to the conversation because it's fun to listen back on, on what happened. And, and someone like James or, or I mean, Sarah, Sarah or Sean probably would want to listen to it because it's, because they'd be curious, but um, uh, you know, it's so so it's so it's all got its audience, and and so you know, you 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 have, and 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 then I and then and then ultimately all of it's really for me, and it's it's fun, it's it's really fun to to um go down these alleyways, and 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 if anything, if I've I've enjoyed myself, I've had a good thing here, then then it's worth it. Well, me too. And the time just flies by. I know it's been about—it's um, almost two hours at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought you with you and Sarah was so long, and like, I never thought we would ever go like that. <laughs> and we didn't even get deep, like really deep. No, I—I I, I don't think I. I didn't really go too deep with Sean either, but but yet I, you know, I kept Sean's a little more 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 clean. But but I I like where these go, you know. I mean, really, I almost wonder if I should try try to start it more like a conversation like this. Like like I think I started off with kind of the interviewish, like got things warming up with the the beer and and everything. But I think as, as things went along, you know, uh, uh, it just becomes what it does. Yeah, that's a, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess we better wrap up. Right? I I do get it. Settle down. Have a big day tomorrow. All right, man. Well, um, keep keep brewing the beer and uh, and and keep it up. Uh, um, you know, uh, I, I'll have to to get update, and we'll see you soon, man. All right. Yeah, we gotta come out and see you. All right. I love you. Love you too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Well, that is over. Two hours. Uh and I loved it. I loved every second of it, and that's what really matters. And uh, if any of you want to enjoy this, if any of you want to um, to 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 listen to some of these things, I mean, it it does not matter if you listen to it or not. But um, I I enjoyed it, and uh, and I'm probably gonna edit it down a little bit just just to to get out some of the rough areas. But I'm I'm not gonna edit it too much. I think it's. It's important to to me to to just let it be as it is. Uh, it's such a just a hard process, but either way, I'm I'm in, I'm enjoying what what is coming out of this, and uh, so thank you all. And now it is time to sign off.
the release. See you all. Have a good night.